Hello, my sweet friends, my companions, my dear soulmates. It is time again for another podcast. The beta is chugging along, and I am thrilled again to be recording this introduction to the episode that lay before you. It is with a powerful sense of humble gratitude that I speak to you today. How could I be so lucky, I wonder, to have friends that are willing to take time to listen to me, a silly red-headed 25-year-old that is easily confused as a typical gym douche, talk for a substantial portion of time? I can't answer that. If you were to ask my older sister who on earth would want to listen to me talk for any extended period of time, she wouldn't hesitate to say, absolutely no one. With more confidence than a hormonal baboon who just had a treat stolen from her, my sister would condemn any poor soul who chose to entertain my podcast with the wrath of a thousand gods. Baboons can be ferocious. They have the bodies of hyena-monkey hybrids and a mouth filled with teeth that rival that of a jaguar's. They are supremely confident, as is my sister. That's probably what makes her a good nurse. But it's also what would lend to her total dismissal of the potential that I, Travis, might actually have something interesting to say every now and then. Now, that is not necessarily something I believe. But with time, if the podcast continues, I might stumble into occasionally saying something that someone, somewhere, finds interesting. I can only hope, though. As of now, I fear I am reliant on my guests to provide the interesting bits. As a young man attempting to worm into a vicious, soul-grading, ego-destroying industry, I am acutely aware of my lack of confidence. I understand that as of now, today, in the eyes of those in the entertainment industry, I have accomplished absolutely nothing. They would all most likely agree with my sister that there is a strong likelihood that I haven't a thing original to say. I agree. Someday, though, I might. And I gotta start somewhere. So that's where we are, baby. Episode number nine. nine. To some, the Beatles played backwards didn't really sound much different than the Beatles played forward. To others, there was a message in it. Welcome to the Show. Tonight, on this wild, entertaining, amazing, Unbelievable, significant, unreal, fantastic, incredible event of the night. We have a pretty simple guest. His name is Joshua Kaminsky. All right, we can turn the echoes off. Jeez, can we get this? Can we, can, can, can we turn the echoes off? Hey! 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 Somebody! Can 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 we can we get these? Guy Lee, can we turn the echoes off? Hey, is anybody out there? Who? Hey! Wipe the lights all go off. What? What's happening? Somebody talk to me. Hey! Who are you? Who are you? Who are you? Who are you? 
Can we get rid of this echo and get the lights back on? Whoa. What are you... What are you holding? What is that? What is... Oh, my... Yeah! Return guests. Back in the basement. Yep. Of broken dreams. This basement is <laughs> no. going to be the backdrop to a lot of memories. Dude. When the dreams come true. It's got a good aesthetic. I like the the feeling down here. Yeah. The wood paneling is what makes it for me. <laughs> yeah? Mm-hmm. I like my mom wanted to paint the wood paneling. That was a mistake. It would be a mistake. Yeah. I mean, she uh, she was like, we could paint it white or something, really brighten the space up. I'm like, the wood paneling, I think, is what makes it cozy down here. Mm-hmm. You know, if it was just a plain, you know, white or gray or even like a brown like the rest of the room, I feel like it wouldn't have nearly as much character in this room. So I'm happy that we kept it the way it is. Yeah. I think it looks cool with the, uh, the with albums on it, like that wood paneling. Oh, yeah. Albums, it just matches. Yeah, it's like, I get this, like, Wayne's World, like, 1970s, like, basement vibe to it, <laughs> you <Yeah>. know? <laughs> hey, I like that. I like Which, that. Not as, like, a bad thing. No, like, I, I, that's what thing. I'm, that's kind of, I wouldn't say I'm going for any look, but I'm yeah. just, I want it to be cozy down uh-huh. here, you know? That's, like, prerogative number one. Yeah. Cozy. You want a space where you can feel comfortable to Definitely. talk in, you know? And, uh, I mean... When I move out, I told my mom yesterday, it's like, I want to keep the podcast studio the, in this spot. You know, the rest of the basement, you know, do whatever you want with it. But, like, if I could keep this here, because this setup is just perfect. Oh, so it. you wouldn't bring this to your mm, new place? No, no. I mean, unless I had a two-bedroom place to myself and I could turn the second bedroom into the studio. Sure. Which is what will probably happen. Yeah. Uh, until then, I want to keep it here. This place has character. Mm-hmm. You know, it's comfortable. Um, these chairs are perfect for this right now, you know? I mean, I wouldn't want to, like, have this in my bedroom, you know? No, 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 no. This is, like, its own podcast studio. It's its own room. Yeah, make it its own thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's some, there's some, there's some flaws to it. Like, it's not quite as big as I'd like it. And hey, hey. The lighting is a little bit... You know, you work with uh, the hand that you're dealt. Yeah, that's the thing. If you if you're not living in paradise, you got to make paradise. Uh huh. I like that saying. I came up with it while I was uh, while I was. Wait, say it again. If you're not in paradise, you got to make paradise. Oh, that's cool. Hell yeah! (laughs) Like people, you know, you complain about where you're at. You don't like the house you live in. You don't like the the car you drive you got to make those things that you have as nice as you can make them so you got a (laughs) shitty apartment okay well uh, how about you get some nice plants and nice aesthetics 
and create a room that's comfortable uh-huh. to be in. It's like the exact opposite of that uh, Joan Baez song, Pave Paradise, Put Up a Parking Lot. <laughs> yeah, well, th- th- I think that's. I think it goes, they paved paradise. Oh, okay, know. yeah. Or you pave paradise, put up a parking lot. <laughs> Something like that. Ooh, bop, bop, bop. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That song, uh, well, all in all, you you don't know. Or all in all, you don't seem to know what you got till it's gone. You paved paradise uh-huh. and put up a parking lot. So it, my analysis is, yeah. you don't know what you got till it's gone. You paved paradise. You put up a parking lot. So it's <laughs> exactly. like you, 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 you just ruined everything. You exactly. Had. And how many times has that happened in our country? Literally, so many <laughs> I look times. around Genesee County, oh. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, this used to probably all be woods. Yeah, no, th- not probably, definitely. Yeah, it was always. <laughs> yeah, woods. and this is this is <laughs> this is it's like one great big parking lot. Yeah, Genesee County is so much woods. one big vacant <laughs> yeah. parking lot. <laughs> There's so many like you look at where Buick City used to be. And some of the other plants around yeah. the Flint area that are no longer there, and they just left like the foundation. Yeah, it's it's crazy. It's like acres and acres. You know, just when they do like demolition like that, I I know they have to like sell the property or like that's the goal. But I wish there was a way. It's like you could know if someone's gonna come along and buy that space. So then, like, if you knew that they weren't. Just, like, let it return back to nature. Like, plant trees and stuff. Well, have you seen like, Buick City? Yeah, it's all fucking parking lot. It's, like, concrete, right? Yeah, but there's, like... As oh, there's trees like, coming on. There's, yeah, there's. it's turning back into grasslands. I know, so but, like, take it one step further and, have and them like, yeah, rip out the concrete. Well, the thing is, I don't think they sold it. Or if they sold it, they sold it to somebody who does nothing with it. Yeah. It's, acre, it's like... Well, I they mean, do the, it as, like, an investment, probably. I don't think they sold it. That's the thing. I think they just they tore oh, down the yeah. factory and left, mm-hmm. and it's just as it's a it's a parking lot yeah. with trees growing out of it now. See, all I caged off like down in Ypsilanti, you know the depot that's down there. Like I've showed yeah. it to you guys, and this depot, I probably closed maybe in the sixties or seventies, and the guy who currently owns it right now. Is just this old prick that, like, he gets a bunch of offers on it, and he won't sell. Mm-hmm. Like, people want to, like, do something with it. And, is that like, the place that has the silo with, like... Is no, it, no, that's, like, uh, I don't know what the fuck that is. such a cool That, that is cool. If it we, looks like it'd we be on an album a cover. Di- distillery, like it, <laughs> oh, we, yeah. Oh, that building would look so good uh-huh. refurbished. Yeah. If There's this building in, in Depot Town, Ypsilanti where it's it looks like an old like train station mixed with a farm almost it's mm-hmm. it, like just a small like train junction it's just a cool building yeah. it just looks industrial but like you could totally put a restaurant into it it could 100% be like a dope oh, yeah. looking brewery that'd be cool <laughs> yeah it would be cool be like a like a restaurant tap room combo thing yeah that those are super popular yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's been people, like industrious people, that have looked at that spot and been like, hmm, we could do the restaurant there. It just kind of, it's not like right 
next to the downtown area, but I, I no. think you could get people going out that it's, way. Well, yeah, it's right down by Depot Town. Yeah. You walk past it or walk near it mm-hmm. and you go to Depot Town. I don't know. I think uh, I think Ypsilanti has a really a lot of potential to be like a really cool city. Yeah, if, definitely. If more people like can move there and more money yeah. like starts generating in the local businesses and stuff, mm-hmm. that could be a cool spot. Yeah, I always felt like I didn't really utilize like being like going to grad school there. Um, I'm about to graduate in August, like. Woop, woop. So it marks like two years. Woop, a fucking woop. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. But like, I I always felt my time down there. I didn't utilize it as well as like when I was up in Marquette, like you exploring. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, you've been a lot busier. You're in True. grad school. Yeah. You know? I mean, you're in a different scenario. What a uh, so what is the official like title of the master's degree that you will be getting? Um, it's a master's of science. In historic preservation, administration, and planning. Okay. Yep. So so what is the administration and planning aspect of it? What is that? What do you mean? What does like, that like, entail? Like, what do you do? Um. So there's two focuses in the program. There's, uh, like, more of a museum focus. I don't know the official title of it. And then there's right. administration and planning. So what I want to do, or, like, what this focus does for people is... Um, trains you in like uh 36 cfr uh it's like the federal regulations for the national historic preservation act of 1966 so it's like you you get certified to like work with the like federal coding and like laws for like national register nominations or historic tax credits um stuff like that so they teach you the like the by code of everything yeah well i mean not only that but like it's just more of a administrative role. Like, I, I won't be, like, a museum curator like some of my colleagues will be. Right. Some of the other people yeah. that you work with. Um, what do you want to do? Um, well, <laughs> right now I want to get a job. <laughs> well, that's, that's priority number one. Yeah. You know, I'm honestly, I'm not too sure what, like, the end goal is right now, which is, there's a lot of options, and I like that. Yeah. So know. what's what's some of the more intriguing options? I would like to get into, like, materials conservation, mm-hmm. like um, doing the actual hands-on work with, like, uh, conserving uh, historic, like, stone masonry uh, materials of, like, historic buildings. So you want to be doing more of, like, a hands-on, like, I'm somebody hires you, to go to a building, yeah, and as a consultant, make it, make it look like it was just built again, kind of, or yeah, kind. Of, I mean, restore it. Yeah, so like, there's a difference. There, oh jeez, I feel like I'm doing a pop quiz right now. Well, no, I <laughs> no. mean, I'm just, I'm, hold on, time. Out. I'm asking you about your career. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, if somebody asks me what a nurse does, well, I think I can answer it. A lot of people like think. That, like, anything done with historic buildings is restoration, okay. which isn't true. Like, there's restoration, rehabilitation. Um, uh, there's two others I can't think of right now. So, restoration, rehabilitation. Uh, readaptation, I think. And then okay. reuse. Re- possibly. Re- I remember you having a class naming, like, name. Adaptive reuse Adaptive was one reuse, of them. Yeah. That was cool. So... I I go to somewhere like Charleston, uh-huh. South Carolina, and I'm blown away 
by the architecture throughout the entire mm -hmm. city. Every single building, every single house that you see is built in, has was built a couple hundred years ago and is stunningly beautiful and in fantastic shape. How do they do that? How do they keep buildings from 1700 in perfect condition? I, I, I don't know exactly about like Charleston, yeah. <laughs> to be honest. But what I about those like East Coast, like historic buildings? Do you know anything about that? I'm sorry, say the question again. So like East Coast, like historic historic buildings yeah. from the late 1600s and 1700s and stuff mm -hmm. when we first landed here. How do they keep those buildings look looking original? And s in, in places like Charleston and Savannah, yeah. they look perfect. Like well, like with a lot of like conservation consultants, what they'll do is... I mean, there's, like, a whole big, like, database out there for, like, every single material. Mm. Not not every single material, but, like, they take, like, s like samples of the material and send it back to the lab, like a scientific lab somewhere out in California or something like that. Mm -hmm. And they'll give you the rundown. They'll do the dendrochronology of it, which is, like, um, with wood. Like, dendrochronology is, like shows you how old it is and like what kind of wood it is and whatnot and um you get the lab results back and if the conservationist is trained well enough uh he can go ahead and try to use as much as the material that's rotting away or like say see you have a building that's like falling to dry rot okay and, ah, shit, I don't know. <laughs> You're doing good. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm doing horrible. No, no, there's a building falling to dry rot. And so he's going to take out, from what I'm getting from what you're saying, is he's going to take out as much of He's going to try to stop as, it. Yeah, he's going to yeah. stop the dry rot, take out what needs to be taken out, and replace it with the material that the lab in California told him it was. Yeah, so, I mean, if you can, you try to utilize as much as the original building itself has. So if you have, like, leftover, like, wood from that building, you're going to try to replace the, the rotted out area with that building because, like, it's still somewhat, you know, historic. Mm -hmm. If you don't have any of that extra material, you go to the next best thing. Use the exact same wood. Like, uh, not, well, not the exact same wood that was used in the house, but, like, the same kind of wood. Yeah, it's treated the same yeah. way. It's uh -huh. from the same type of tree. So so there's a database where they have, like, the materials that buildings are made of. Yeah. Like, all over the country, and y your field, uh, which is such a niche of... And there's private companies and state uh, agencies... The, the people in that field can look up in the database where to get these materials. Yeah, like I, I know one of my professors, uh, he did all the conservation aspect stuff. Uh, he works like part-time as a consultant. Mm. Well, like that's his actual job. He just part-time teaches okay. for fun. And he has like his own little uh he keeps like records of every single like project he's worked on he's worked on george washington's house 
out in Mount Vernon. <laughs> oh my. Yeah. That what what is it like to go into George Washington's yeah. house and like get into the guts? <laughs> exactly. Of it? He, he he worked on like all the like the window shutters or something like yeah. that. He's a wood guy. So so there's is oh sorry sorry go on. No so I mean like he keeps on file everything he's ever worked on mm-hmm. and refers back to that like. His own personal knowledge. So he just keeps a detailed log yeah. of everything he uh-huh. does, what he did. Is it like, does he like daily journal when he's on a job or something like that? Just like kind today of. I, did I mean, you, you write survey reports. Okay. So, and the big thing with that is you always want to use materials that aren't permanent. Like, that can easily be undone. So you're going to nail something, like you're going to nail on some, uh, some, 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 I don't know, some trim. You're going to use like nails that are very as least invasive as possible, so you can yeah you want to trim off. I mean, that's the whole mentality of it. Try to do like solve your problems with the most uh, least invasive like solution. Right. So I went on a tour in Charleston, and Mm -hmm. the tour guide told us the building regulations due to the Historic Preservation Society or whatever organization of Charleston are so strict that if you <laughs> wanted to change the door ha- knob to your bathroom yeah. in your house that you own, you have to call the regulatory body or whoever the Historic oh, Preservation yeah, probably Society. The Historic District Commission or like y- the Historic Commi- City Commission of Charleston or yeah. something like that. You yeah. have to call them and confirm it. Yeah. And that's why, like, the, the strict regulations are why everything is so mind-blowing. Uh-huh. That place, it looks like the set of Pirates of the Caribbean. Like, you have palm trees in these buildings that look like they belong in, you know, um, like, Boston. Yeah. You know, or James. It's awesome, man. It's <laughs> so cool. If you've never been to Charleston, so I d- it's unbelievable. I don't know a whole, a whole lot about, like, how that works with houses, but I do yeah. know... That, like, so the Historic District Commission works as a middleman between, like, the owner Mm -hmm. and the federal government. And I know for businesses, so any business that wants to apply for historic tax credits, which is great. Like, you can, if a state has their own historic tax credit program, they can stack that up, like, with the federal government's historic tax credit program. So... You own a business in, let's say, Michigan. or No, let's say Charleston, because Michigan doesn't have a historic tax credit program right now. You own a business called, like, Paulie's Pizza Shop. (laughs) And uh, (laughs) you bought out this old building that is, say, built in the 1920s. And it doesn't have to be on the National Register or anything. It doesn't have to be, like, it's kind of weird how we term these things historic. Like, Mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be, like, historic, but it can be old, like. But you put it on the register, and it's. No, it doesn't even have to be on the register. Like, if it's over 50 years old and, like, it, if, and it's, like, got good architecture or whatever. Unique architecture. Yeah, unique architecture. architecture. Yeah. Okay. Then you can hire a consultant and be like, hey, I want to, you know, start my business and use historic tax credits to, like, help fund me. So they will give you money to open a business in that building 
in uh-huh. order to get that building to maintain that building? Or why would they why would they want to promote a They give you money to a, like say it's like all run down and beat up and stuff. Oh. They'll give you money to um restore it? Yeah, restore it. And but it has to if be it's restored a, to their code. Yes. Okay. So the federal government decides on what you can do and what you can't do. Uh, I think that is probably a net good thing. Yeah, yeah, but here's the thing. It's like some people bitch about it, but the consultants, like, kind of acting as the middleman, will offer alternatives and work, like, with, like, the federal government mm-hmm. on it. The people that oversee these, like, uh, requests for proposals or well, whatever. Well, the consultants are the experts, right? Yeah. So, and the government has their rules, but then the mm. government listens to the consultants because the consultants are the yeah. ones who. Yeah. So they, it goes back and forth and back and forth. And so, like, ooh, so as yeah. a consultant, you can really do some. You can kind of there's an opportunity for creativity there. Exactly. Yeah, and wow. that's what you get with like adaptive reuse projects. Mm-hmm. So. So that's kind of is that the direction you think you want? That's go what on? I'm going for right now. I yeah. I originally want to do like, the conservation, but. You know, I need a construction management degree yeah. <laughs> to do or that. Or you need, you, I think, or that, like a skill or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Well, that's something Which that you something can, down the line. Yeah, you develop exactly. as you go. I mean, w- what's to say that you can't learn carpentry? Mm-hmm. I mean, we have. We. I mean, just you. You have um, family friends who are in construction that uh, could probably provide really great opportunities or have connections yeah. to people who who could help you adapt get that skill bro i totally seeing you like learning how to work with wood or something like that'd that. be cool yeah that'd be sweet yeah i <laughs> would like to be able to work with wood you know yeah i i think wood's great Ooh, okay but the thing i always wanted was to get in like masonry and stone and be like the number one head honcho up in the UP that works with Jacobsville Sandstone Buildings. Because there's no one up there. Like, I talked to all, like, uh, like the Keweenaw National Park and stuff. Mm-hmm. There's, like, no written rule on the exact so- stone. Oh, so you want to, like, like... they don't know what to do. They're just like, oh, we just follow, like, the general basis of, like, sandstone. Mm, so you want to come in, come in there and say, hey, look, this is what... Yeah. This is what these buildings were, how these buildings were designed. Uh huh. This is what it should be. I'm going to Well, not only that, but it's just like. With like. Each sandstone is different and it has different mineral contents. That's what like makes it different. Like that's how we have like different formations of it and stuff. Do you feel a sense of urgency to get up there and do that? Like right now or? Well, I mean, to like. To take the steps that would I feel like there. someone should do it. Yeah, because no one's doing it. Yeah, so like, so the sense of urgency, like, ah, I gotta get up there so I can prevent yeah. bad things from happening. And you know, well, here's get, my get whole spiel, rolling. like okay. on this, is if you look close enough at the UP and its architecture, you start to see it as a time capsule of like the years 1860 to about 1890. Hmm. Kind of like, you know, you go to Cuba and you see all the old cars, how it's stuck in time from, like, 1950. Yeah. I look at the UP the same way, like, right around the time that, like, they brought in all the iron mines and the boom of their economy in the Upper Peninsula. It was a fucking powerhouse. 
Yep. I think the uh, the Quincy mine in Calumet or in uh, Houghton at one point supplied ninety percent of the world's copper. Of the world's copper. <laughs> Woo! Yeah. All up in a tiny little mine in yeah. the U- Upper Peninsula. Of yeah, and they and they stopped like nineteen ten. Entire world. Yeah, they stopped in nineteen ten, and there's still like wow. projected a shitload of copper in that mine. Yeah, I've seen that one chunk of copper yeah. they have just sitting there. Oh it's yeah, worth, like, it's <laughs> estimated what like fifteen thousand dollars worth of copper. No, well, it's fifteen hundred pounds oh, or fifteen thousand pounds. I know fifteen yeah. thousand was something to do. Yeah, with it. I, I did the math on my phone. I was like, how much is pot, copper? <laughs> you know, yeah, fetch, was, <laughs> fetch yeah. what's gonna happen when we take <laughs> yeah. that to scrap? It was like three thousand dollars. <laughs> oh really? That's or it? Some, I I don't know. If I take fifteen thousand like pounds of copper to a scrapyard, they're only gonna give me like twelve grand. Yeah, <laughs> I'll be like, we'll give you a thousand bucks. That's that's rad. But, I've, I've never. Uh, I've never thought about that because the there are some really cool buildings in Marquette. Okay, so yeah, so back to that, like the Jacobsville sandstone, and it has different colors, like red, like a blotched purple, and like a brownstone. They call it like the Marquette brownstone. Yeah. So when you have all these guys at the height of like the timber industry and the mining industry in the UP, like exploiting all the natural resources as fucked up as it was. We didn't know anything. They wanted to display their wealth. And how did they do that? They made big, grand buildings out of local sandstone that, like, tested really well. And it it was finally put to the test during the Great Chicago Fire Mm -hmm. because they noticed that all the buildings that survived that fire were built from Jacobsville sandstone. Is Is that exclusive to the Upper Peninsula? Yes. So you don't find it anywhere else in the world? No. Wow. There's a similar stone, like, and it's like mineral makeup. Yeah. Somewhere in Germany, uh, one of the guys I was talking to was uh, telling me it's I, I I don't remember the name of it, but like, it's very close. That is so interesting. Yeah. That's interesting that um, there's one type of rock. Mm-hmm that is really good for making buildings that can only be found in a small, tiny, tiny section of the entire earth. Well, okay, so it, I don't know, I think it's kind of big because it's all on the Lake Superior, the north or the southern shores of Lake Superior, is, and it's all underneath Lake Superior. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So that's like the bowl that's holding Lake Superior in. Yeah. When most people don't realize, or that's the top layer of it. It, Lake Superior, is fucking massive. A marvel. <laughs> yeah. Like that should be one of the. I mean, I have never seen any other inland freshwater lakes, um, aside from the mm-hmm. the five Great Lakes, but. Lake Superior is a marvel to the world. You yeah. go there and it it's like looking at the ocean. There's an I don't know, I think I've said it on the podcast already, but there is enough water in Lake Superior to cover the entire United States with 2 feet of water. That's impressive. If you've ever driven just from Michigan to say Florida, 
uh-huh. you're driving for 24 hours. You can drive for 24 hours down south, and everything that you see will be covered in two feet of water. <laughs> you can drive for 38 hours out to California, and everything you see covered in two feet of water. Yeah, there is, it, Lake Superior is absolutely gargantuan. <laughs> it's so big, and when you and you can jump in, you 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 go off a trail. You can jump in and just slurp up the water, like yeah. <laughs> like better than any well water, better than any filtered uh-huh. bio water. You'll you will never get sick unless there's <laughs> like a fucking you know, I don't even know how you would get sick from drinking that water if there's like a dead animal in it or something nearby. It's so big. Yeah, nobody understand. <laughs> like I feel like the rest of the country doesn't understand Lake Superior. There was I have cousins that live credit. in like. Uh, where is it? Like Virginia or Vermont? I don't uh-huh. know. One of those uh, states. And uh, they didn't know that the UP, they didn't even really know about the UP. They just thought it was an extension of Wisconsin, which right. it is. Like, yeah. If you grab it, it is. Yeah. But they're like, oh, that's Michigan? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bro. That, like, that, uh, I mean, Northern Michigan combined with the up so you get the top hat like the top like i don't know quarter of the mitten from traverse yeah. city you draw a line all the way across up to the tip where the, you have the mackinac bridge on just beautiful country uh-huh. just forests and the air is so fresh yeah you have all the air coming in from the great lakes on all sides you cross over one of the most beautiful suspension bridge, bridges ever constructed. What bothers me is the Golden Gate Bridge in San Francisco oh. gets so much photo I think credit. that was the same... Um, well, it's a gorgeous bridge. Same guy that designed the... Uh, um, or, like, was the head on the Golden Gate Bridge, was the head on... Well, it makes sense. It's a dual Mackinac. suspension bridge. Gorgeous. I think yeah. that the surrounding area of uh, the San Francisco Bay or wherever the Golden Gate Bridge is is really scenic. Mm-hmm. But so is, I mean, man, the Mackinac Bridge is magnificent. Exactly. It's yeah. five miles long. If you walk across it, it takes over an hour to walk across that bridge. I've walked across it. On oh. Labor Day, yeah, yeah. They, they let people walk across. I it remember on Labor that, Day. yeah. And doesn't ev- the governor like always do it? With everyone, I think or? so. Yeah, it's like a Labor Day tradition, uh-huh. and it's it's unbelievable because you get to the first tower. First off, you're standing next to it, and you really get a perspective. It's like when you when you take down a traffic light, yeah. And you stand next to the traffic light, you're like, "What the fuck? That thing is huge." You get a perspective for how huge the towers are, <laughs> and then you know it's hot out. You're walking, and you you wonder, like, when am I going to be done walking? When does this <laughs> yeah. fucking bridge end? It's <laughs> so big. And uh, it just, and the, it connects you to the UP, where you have, right when you get off the bridge, there's some gas stations, a couple small restaurants, a little burger joint. Then you go into nothing. Mm. There's just nothing. But, like, y- you know, houses here and there speckled around. It's awesome. It is the best. I love it. <laughs> it's the best. Yeah. It doesn't get better than the Upper Peninsula. You get up to you get up to Marquette or Houghton on Lake Superior where you have pictured rocks, and it looks like you're on a tropical island that has pine trees. Right. It's so fun, bizarre. Felt like I was in an episode of Lost. <laughs> you feel, yeah, you feel so small. 
sitting on the ledge of a a, a cliffside overlooking uh-huh. Lake Superior and thinking, I am so tiny. Yeah. This, this is yeah. A, this is a freshwater ocean. It's insane. It's so <laughs> cool. I want to get property up there, man. Definitely, dude. That's the goal. Property in the UP. Hell yeah. I wonder, like, if as global warming continues to like heat everything up, if people are going to move inland on in the United States, and if Michigan might have the potential of being a real hot spot. Well, you look at like location wise, and we're in a pretty awesome spot. I mean, we're already seeing that, like, uh, like um, on our coasts in Michigan, like corrosion and stuff, and like. Uh, I went to a lecture at Eastern, um, last, I don't know, like six months ago or something like that. And it was all on what we should do as historic preservations to help, or historic preservationists to help prevent, like, the deterioration from these, like, coastal towns in Michigan. Right. I mean, there was all sorts of other stuff. It was all about global warming, though. Yeah. Well, I was thinking more And like you know what glo- their answer was? What? Is like with the rate things are going right now, document as much as you can because that shit's going in the water. <laughs> yeah, wow. Yeah. Wow. That's what happens, though. That's nature. Yeah. And I was thinking more like the whole United States, like people from, like, say, people from California and oh, Oregon, yeah. Like those yeah. states, like, slowly, like, population comes more to middle America as uh as the temperatures if they became unbearable out there yeah you know if if uninhabitable if if you know california becomes a new moab desert you know i want to go to the desert me too i've never been to the desert me neither it seems like it would be a really really foreign place right yeah i think i would probably have just a hard time accepting it into reality yeah (laughs) i'm so used to trees and bushes and shrubs well my thing is like i get (sighs) i wonder if i would feel a little nervous knowing that there's like no water anywhere (laughs) yeah i like there to be i think about moving about like living in arizona yeah or somewhere in new mexico or something that'd be cool no, it wouldn't. I no? go th- fuck that. There's some places fuck that, that are nice. No, fuck that. No, I ain't living there. I would never. I would never want to live in the desert. There's some parts of Nevada that like get snow. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't, I didn't name Nevada. Oh. <laughs> I, I don't know. Get, it's all the same to me. <laughs> I'm just, I'm, I'm, I just think about what I need to survive if shit hits the fan. Yeah, and. If water, if the city water gets shut off for some reason in a place like Phoenix, mm-hmm. good luck. You're fucked. <laughs> the fuck? What are you going to do? What are you going to do when you got a family in Phoenix, Arizona, and the reservoirs are gone, and you're thirsty, mm-hmm. but because of some governmental intervention, because there's some pandemic going on, you can't get water, and they're passing out bottles of water. Do you think you'd feel comfortable yeah, with right. that? Slowly over time, those bottles of water are going to stop coming. So do do they know how to, like, refine salt water? Yeah, like, it's like, desalination plants yeah. exist. 
the problem is they're too expensive. Then why do we have companies like Nestle coming in and pumping water out of the Great Lakes when they could be fucking putting money towards that? Because it's too expensive, Joss. It's cost prohibitive. They can't make as much money as they want to taking water out of the ocean and desalinating it. It just is too expensive. The process is too complicated for them to make enough money on it. But there's going to be, there there has to be. Elon Musk (laughs) needs to do that. Elon yeah. Musk needs to take start desalination. Right? That is the f- that is the next trillion dollar interest industry because we have oceans and we're taking we're taking water out of our only f- like yeah l- freshwater lake supply. Uh-huh. Like we have on a on a scale of the world, like a you, entire world uh, resources. Like value wise, yeah, I would imagine the Great Lakes are a massive asset. That's got to be huge. Yeah. (laughs) Why are we pumping water out of them when we have thousands of miles of coastline of ocean? It's messed up. It's it's retarded. I don't even know if like how how they can get away with that. So is like is that a government deal or is that a state deal? Like we share it with Canada. Well, it's <laughs> like, right? how does that work, <laughs> bro? I mean, our government is probably half run by Nestle. Yeah, probably. They have they have, how any anything bad happens is you know how does how does the law allow this to happen? Corruption. They are the law. They pay the they pay the corporations. I'm sure we could look up right now. A bunch of different articles about different shady shit Nestle has funded for. Oh yeah, Nestle lobbyists have funded or or, or voted for. You know, like they probably make <laughs> it illegal to fucking bottle your own water yeah. if you wanted We're to. We're gonna start <laughs> dumping our chocolate milk powder <laughs> right in Lake Erie. <laughs> yeah, <sighs> strawberry milk. If you fucking bitch about it too much. <laughs> What about the pipeline that runs from the upper oh, peninsula, yeah. the oil pipeline that runs from the upper peninsula to the lower peninsula? That's fucked up. Underneath <laughs> the Great Lakes, that they've <laughs> they've taken they've taken scuba divers down there, and there's videos of like brackets that hold it up off the floor broken. Yeah. And then they call BP or whoever's it is and say, "Hey, uh, l- look at this video footage we have of your pipe." Are you guys going to do something about that? No. Nope. Like, we'll send somebody <laughs> out and look at it. We'll, we'll, we'll send we'll one assess. of our paid guys out. Yeah, and uh, we'll, we'll send one of our own. He's going to write a report saying that it's fine and we don't need to spend a billion dollars fixing it. Yeah. And you guys can kindly go fuck off. You know how horrible that would be if there was don't, no oil? I don't even want to speak yeah. that into existence, man. That would be devastating. Damn. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. But people in charge they don't think about stuff like that all they want is money think well no i mean you think about it it's like the people in charge are a bunch of fucking 55 and older yeah. you go to a 55 and older community and what are those people concerned about eating good drinking smoking and uh golfing that's what 55 and up cares about they care about watching good shows they care about eating good food driving a nice car and they're sick of working Somebody who's 60 years old working yeah. at the Congress. He's been working in Congress. He's been working his entire life. The fuck kind of motivation does some 60-year-old jack-off have? He doesn't have any. When, do you, think it, when, when do you think that like changed in America? Um, I 
think it changed when the people I don't know I really don't know I don't think I don't I wouldn't I can't assess if it was ever any different because I I've never been alive to witness anything other than this in the history I know of it's like I don't really I don't really know I read Hunter S. Thompson and it seems like it's been going on for at least the last 50 years definitely you know I mean his his brute brutal takedown of politicians like is really indicative of uh, how we feel as you know i think it's millennials about a lot of politicians yeah as a capitalist like society i mean we're kind of like brought up that way right yeah Yeah, well because if we make it like as big as like these like 55 year olds and stuff like i don't know just more of an incentive for people to keep doing what they're doing i guess what is i don't know just <laughs> being rich and saying fuck nature <laughs> it's not even saying fuck nature it's it's i think it's ignorance yeah i think it's and i'm not thinking about nature i don't think that most people in politics <clears throat> have ill intent i really don't I think if anything they you know they get spurts of good intentions but they're also not thinking about the, the big, big picture. picture yeah exactly they're not they're not bro how many people they're, they're never smoking a joint and thinking about the ramifications of their actions yeah if they did they'd probably go insane no i don't think they'd go insane <laughs> I think oh they would they'd, they'd have they'd start thinking like <laughs> i'm an oh uh, maybe God. i'm an asshole <laughs> yeah exactly well that's what we need we need no people. yeah like if, bro i've i've heard we should have like we need we need the people in power yeah. doing serious serious ego checks you know and you can't get that with like regular i mean maybe you can get it with like behavioral modification therapy you know have people really look inside themselves mm-hmm. but psychedelics are really the only way that you get an all at once dose of reality yeah through a different perspective that might show you that hey maybe the way i'm doing things is a, is a little bit off and nobody nobody is so few people in that age bracket it seems like in those positions of power do anything that would help them to realize that their actions have long standing deep his deep um ramifications yeah you know like if you're if you're trying to keep the support of your voters and your voters believe are more say conservative and have a, more racist tendencies then you're going to support a pipeline going through indian territory just because you're trying to keep those votes Mm-hmm. And then they have people, there's lobbyists who are saying, hey, when you get out of office, look at this, uh, look at this number that we can put into your bank account so you can get a vacation home in San Diego <laughs> and yeah. you can have a comfortable life for your children because I know what you care about. You care about your offspring and your offspring having a secure future is way more important than some fucking Indians living on mm-hmm. a reservation in North Dakota. It's about my legacy. It's it, Exactly. <laughs> it's about human nature. It's about we are more concerned with the immediate what's in front of us 
than the the big picture. The people who yeah. think about the big picture are stoners and people who have way too much time on their hands. Uh-huh. That's the people who think about the big picture. And and the problem with that is most people who are thinking like that don't have the quality that the people the people who are politicians have to mm-hmm. get them in the positions of power. So if you're in a position of power, you have a there's definitely a quality that you have that allowed you to climb into that role. Yeah. You know? And that's not necessarily a universally good quality. <laughs> you know? It's the idea who uh who who do you do you really want somebody who wants to be president to be the president? I mean, I guess what what are the reasons for it? What would uh, what are your reasons for <laughs> it? You maniac. <laughs> yeah. S- somebody's like somebody goes somebody for from 30 years old onward or even who knows from 20 years old their goal is to become the leader of the free world. I honestly think like that's fucked up. Would that's a Donald crazy. Trump like his main incentive to become president? Yeah, was just to fucking call Obama's bluff at the White House <laughs> dinner. Yeah, Obama pissed him off, and he's like, "You just made me <laughs> look. You embarrassed me in front of my wife, in front of America. I will undo everything Fuck you tried yep. <laughs> to do." It is probably somewhat spite induced, and it's also probably legacy. This like the I, he he th- started thinking about it, and then he he thought President Donald Trump. Hell it's yeah, kind of got a ring to it. That's like <laughs> when I found when I saw when I found the car that I drove. Like at first, it wasn't like whoa. It wasn't like I saw like a brand new Range Rover, and it's yeah. like goddamn, that's hot. Obviously, that's a hot car. Mm. But when I started f- envisioning myself driving the car and what it like, how I could maybe you know like make it look a little bit nicer, I'm like, yeah, that's it, okay. And I get behind the idea. That's what happened with Trump. He started <laughs> thinking about it, and then he's like, that's what I want. <laughs> and Trump gets what he wants. <laughs> he yeah. got it. Psychopath. Guy's a uh, straight lunatic. Yeah, he is. He has the he has he's holding the reins on this chariot and he's turning it any which fucking way he wants with Damn. no respect <laughs> no apparent respect for the possibilities I of know. the precedents that he is setting as a president i think there's a good chance we'll see another four years of him dude <laughs> i if if it's if it is biden and hillary running together it's n- i don't think it's gonna be hillary i asked somebody i forget who i was talking to that'd be hilarious just uh, for our own personal <laughs> i no, i was talking to this guy i work with and uh you know he's deep into like looking at WikiLeaks and stuff yeah. like that and, and uh he just it, without me even asking he just said i think it's gonna be joe biden and hillary clinton running together and i'm like that is hilarious did you tell him? <laughs> like, I told him. Yeah, we yeah. were all uh, we were all allegedly uh, in a psychedelic headspace <laughs> in the woods yeah. of northern Michigan, and uh, we all had an aha moment talking, where we all realized that the only logical thing that could happen, or the only logical person uh, to be Joe Biden's running mate in the eyes of the seemingly absolutely stupid 
Democratic, uh, the DNC, mm-hmm. the only thing that they could possibly, the only person they could possibly choose is Hillary Clinton. And yeah. we all collectively freaked out. We all just started screaming. Yeah. It was hilarious because <laughs> it's just so absurd and stupid. And it seems like it could totally happen to where <laughs> Joe Biden teams up with Hillary Clinton. And then Hillary and pays to get him killed. Like she doesn't <laughs> need to pay to get him killed. It's going to happen in two years. That man is dying. Ask any, ask any experienced nurse or doctor to just look at just. Just all you need to do is just take Joe Biden's shirt off, look at him, and tell me. <laughs> count you, the legion. Yeah, legions. You, can, you can count. You can just look at him and b- know that he is going to die yeah. soon. He does not look good. His skin looks like it's like paper thin and falling off his yeah, face. Yeah, and he probably fucks kids too. There's probably a good chance that he fucks kids. Or even, who cares if he fucks kids? He could be fucking 18, 19-year-old girls that were kidnapped. You see all that shit, like, it, it hasn't gotten a whole lot of news, but, like, the ICE detention centers and, like, how the people that are running it, like, are getting, like, there's allegations being brought up that these guards are fucking sexually harassing these children. Oh, I've heard about that, yeah. And it's like... Well, we can't really do anything because they're not American. So, well, uh, <laughs> what? What do you mean? You, yeah, how about you? Uh, the guards are American. Yeah, you sons of bitches. But the kids aren't. So. How about we just put yeah. it in the policy? You know, just put it in the handbook. No, <laughs> no sexually assaulting. Didn't people. know we had to write this down, but <laughs> well, I've heard. I've heard. I mean, the problem is when you have a marginalized group. And there are people who hold power over them in a setting such like a prison. There's a lot of uh, there's there's a lot of uh, guard on prisoner prison rape. Um, yeah. I've heard stories about um, techs or nurses even or doctors sexually assaulting uh, p- uh, mentally ill patients. That's fucked. That's very fucked. Because they think, oh, no one's going to care about Nobody's going to care. Nobody's going to listen to yeah. them. This person can't talk for five minutes without mentioning the, the voices in their head. You think you're going to believe them? When, somebody could straight up look at me when I, was, uh, when I was working in my clinical setting in the mental health unit. I could have easily had one of the females, like, just just because she was just feeling weird or something she could have pointed at me and screamed he just touched me like he like you don't know what's going to happen and you know what would happen mm-hmm. because i didn't touch her nobody would believe her but what if i did nobody would believe her yeah because she's crazy and she oh she, that's cheryl cheryl does that all the time cheryl is schizophrenic cheryl you know you can't tr- obviously travis we know you didn't touch <laughs> her but th- that happens where people do like people will abuse ta- their pe- fucking yeah. position people w- in positions of power where there is a code of silence uh-huh. in the organization because they like think to themselves like where else can i go from this mm-hmm. you know i've reached <laughs> the peak that, that how do i get off <laughs> pizza gate <laughs> You know, the guy I work with who's so much deeper into conspiracy than I am, like yeah. he has tour and everything. I mean, he just goes he goes in deep. What the hell's tour? A tour browser. I don't know what that it is. It blocks your IP address. Oh. <laughs> essentially, so it makes you an invisible dot yeah. in the uh, internet, you know. Is that I mean, illegal to have or? No. No. No, I don't believe so. Oh. 
but it, he so he uses a tour to go on to WikiLeaks because he's concerned that we're going into we're turning into a fascist state, which is funny. Side note: This is funny because Bobby believes uh, Donald Trump and the right is fascist, and this guy believes that the left is fascist. Oh, really? So both of them you are telling me those two down. Ex- both of them are telling me that we are going into a, a fascist dictatorship or a fascist state, <coughs> and one is, you know, they're opposites. Yeah. One is uh, liberal and the other is conservative, and they both believe the other side is fascist. Tell Why? me <laughs> how that works. I don't know. You ever think that maybe both sides are? <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. I've been complete. I've since I since I ha- was old enough to understand a, a semblance of politics. I have understood that they're both sides are corrupt. And they're both being paid by the same fucking people. The Walmart lobbyists are paying the left and the right. If you're smart, you're betting on both sides. (laughs) Come on, you'll make your money back with the other when one wins. You're good. You're not you're not just you don't have organizations that are just paying for the the right. You definitely if if I'm the NRA, I'm trying to get in the pockets of as many Democrats as I possibly can. It's, yeah, it's it's transparent. But yeah, who knows? Maybe they are both both Democrats and Republicans have fascist tendencies. I got a question. Yeah. Where is the third party candidate? Hey, he's not important. We only go left or right. We don't go in between. We in don't 2016, go. <laughs> in 2016, Gary Johnson was was at least present. There isn't. Who, yeah. Who's the third party candidate? Where are they? I don't know. Be interesting if Bernie ran. It's a third party candidate. That would be interesting. I think a lot of people lost faith in Bernie. Why? Because he's old. He's old and he talks funny and it puts people off. I like him. I didn't hate Bernie either. I don't like the people who are who you know he's a socialist yeah they say he wants he's a socialist. he wants to make college free college shouldn't be free and it's like i have a problem with that <laughs> my 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 mom's whole spiel is like if we elect the uh bernie sanders like there's an he he's just too radical like you know he won't be able to get done what he wants to get done Oh, so you think Joe Biden's going to be able to get done? Too radical. What are you talking about? That's what the <laughs> news is telling yeah. you. That's what that's what that's what the Democratic National Convention mm-hmm. or committee, that's what they want you to think because yeah. they fucking hate Bernie Sanders. I would have been a lot more confident with Bernie Sanders running against Donald Trump. 100%. Than Joe Biden <laughs> running against Donald Duh. Trump. Or what about yeah, what you about even hear like Donald Trump in interviews like or like respecting Bernie? Well, no, he's just like just make sure, like, that guy's not running or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to go up against that guy. Yeah, because, dude, he's going he's gonna to call He's gonna call Joe Biden yeah. creepy Uncle Joe. He's going to be creepy Uncle Joe. And he's just going to he's gonna do some, like, Hillary Clinton shit where he, with, when, with one of the debates, he put all of Bill Clinton's accusers in the front row right in front of Hillary Clinton. Like, That's insane. What a gangster move. <laughs> That's insane. That, I mean, I don't like Donald Trump. Yeah. I don't like him as a president. But, God, I respect that. Just dropping the bomb on Hillary Clinton. 
We are uh, about to experience some technical difficulties. I can feel it coming. <laughs> I didn't even notice that these headphones locked me in. Oh yeah. So if anybody's listening, we uh, we you know the reality of this podcast is it is recorded in a dank basement in front of a live studio audience. Occasionally, there is a live studio audience that comes down uh, down the stairs <laughs> and decides to complete some basement business. We have <laughs> a freezer down here and our laundry. And, and this is actually, I hate to break the fourth wall, ruin it for <coughs> you. We're actually in my parents' basement. They don't know that yet? I mean, maybe. I don't know. I, I've never really mentioned that. There was that one time uh, with, I think, oh, Bobby JR. or JR. Yeah. Thank you, super fan. Uh, <laughs> where they had him, uh, where my dad yelled down the stairs telling us he had some pizza. I'm like, that's <laughs> awesome. As a 25-year-old man, having your dad yell downstairs and tell you he has pizza hot on the stove, that's pretty cool. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> I ain't complaining about that. <laughs> I'm a very lucky person. My parents love me. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, do you mind if I take two of those? Take two of what? Of the... The, the relaxation pills. Uh-huh. These uh, stress savers. Uh... L-theanine plus traditional her herbs. Uh, yeah, it's a uh, herbal blend of chamomile, lemon balm, lavender extract, and uh, that's it. Take four. Four? Take four. Are you serious? I'm 100% serious. You're a big guy. I take four every time. Damn. You can't overdose. It's. I don't it want to be too mellow. It will <laughs> not make you too mellow, Jesus. You're one of the most... You're, you're a very high-strung person. I am. It takes several glasses of whiskey just to make you, uh, I think, capable of breathing at a, <laughs> a calm rate. There you go. Down the hatch. Alright, if I was in a mental health ward, I'd be like, alright, can I see? Uh. Good. <laughs> now you're going to have weird dreams. Oh, no. Yep. I'm big into supplements. Even if they don't work, taking it, and I think they do work, uh, that placebo works. Yeah. You know? I mean, if I got a, if I take vitamin D every day, it's going to make me feel better. If yeah. I take vitamin D, B12, mag B12, and magnesium, take it every day. And uh, I think it makes me feel better when I'm on a, when I take that for, you know, couple months at a time hmm. i always take it every day and i have a pretty pretty even baseline yeah. i have my highs and my lows but i feel like it 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 helps stabilize everything do you have like the uh like that like the pill counter for each day of the week no <laughs> no i just got the three containers next oh, okay. to my toothbrush and i just pop them yeah every day when i'm brushing my teeth make a little cocktail yep just three pills pop doop, doop, doop. I used to, or I occasionally get in the habit of uh, taking a shot of apple cider vinegar every morning. Oh, yeah. Dude, that, that, <laughs> that one time, Woo. or last time I did it, yeah. like, knocked the wind out of me. <laughs> yeah, it makes, there's times where you like, take <laughs> it and you think that, holy shit, I might die. <laughs> yeah. Like, you really do like think that. my throat's closing up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, uh-oh. It, it, it's, it's really unbelievable how hard it it can affect you. Yeah. I wasn't ready for that. No. <laughs> there's a lot of different like small things that you can do 
that over time will make you feel better so nothing nothing that works works right away you know drugs work right away yeah but they don't usually heal things they don't Mm -hmm. fix it supplements diet exercise um and conscious awareness of what you put in and out of your body Mm -hmm. how you regulate your sleep cycle uh how much water you drink small details and getting those tone tuned in and right make a massive difference on how you feel every day yeah these past few days like i mean we were talking about it earlier just going like getting like six hours of sleep yeah fucks with you (laughs) not cool not cool especially when you're used to getting eight hours yeah i love my eight hours eight hours is so essential for me yeah I I was uh, getting really good at being like in bed by midnight, asleep by 1230 at the uh-huh. latest, and waking up every day at like 8, 830, uh-huh. just naturally and yeah. feeling good. Sophie will come in my room, lick wake me, up. jump in my bed, sleep with me till I wake up, and then we go hang out in the morning. I have yeah. my cup of coffee and read or edit the podcast. I don't edit it. I I get it all ready, do the intro and everything, mm-hmm. and then uh, move on or move through my day, and I feel good. I don't crash in the afternoon, but like, but lately, where I've been drinking at night and then staying up Fox till two yeah. in the morning, eating a meal at like you know, eating a meal at uh, like midnight, one a.m watching YouTube videos until I finally just tell myself, all right. You're done. Enough. Yeah. Just be done. Uh-huh. I watch videos of dudes like doing eating challenges yeah. and shit. Why do I do? I'm, <laughs> it's one forty-five in the morning, and I'm watching Matt Stioni eat a plate of French fries with bacon and cheese on it that's as big as my table in front of me. I've right never now. understood like people that like throw on the TV and fall asleep to it. <sighs> that fuck that. Get the fuck out I think of they've here. done studies that show that that prevents <coughs> uh, that prevents like the sleep cycle from naturally occurring. Yeah. I, I believe I, it. I can't imagine it's good for you to I, do that. I've never. I mean, of course, it's happened before. Yeah. But like, I will never like throw on something like on my own, like I, and intentionally like. All right, I'm gonna watch this till I fall asleep. I used to occasionally when I couldn't fall asleep, I'd throw on a familiar movie. Yeah. And use it as a tool. But you to like fall you finally like it. turn it off. Yeah, because right? I'll be falling asleep. Yeah. And you know I'll let myself drift and drift and drift, and then finally it's like, uh you you gain enough consciousness back, turn it off. And pass out. Yeah. Like, I've done that, but I haven't done... I used to do that when I was younger, you know, and you have school in the morning. Uh-huh. But, yeah, no, there's people that can't sleep without the TV on. Yeah. It, when, when I was in high school, Fucking like, maniac. what I did for a long time was, like, I would fall asleep listening to music. Yeah. And I'll tell you what stopped that. <laughs> it was one night I fell asleep listening to music, and, like, in the middle of my sleep... Like I woke up to a certain song. What was that song? It was Revolution Number no. Nine <laughs> by the Beatles, oh! and it freaked me out. 
number nine. Yeah. Number nine. Yeah, all sorts of crazy shit. Oh. I, I like woke up midway through it and I was like, oh no, it's the song. <laughs> <laughs> this is the song. The it's song like, that I don't even scares listen me. <laughs> about, I don't listen to this song during the day. <laughs> I listened to that song for the first time on a dirt road, full volume, in Bobby's car. Probably, you know, stone to the bone. Yeah, hypothetically. Hypothetically. And uh, my, I was I was yelling at him, like, dude, can we turn this off? Like, please, like, please, can, no joke, can we turn this off? It's like eight and a half minutes. Yeah. Of, makes your skin crawl, It dude. makes you feel like you might be schizophrenic. Yeah. It's, it's horrifying. Like, I don't know. It's like a bad trip. That song is a bad trip. Uh-huh. Woo! I wouldn't like yeah. waking up at and two Bob, in the morning. Bob, I, I think Bob likes that sort of shit. Just like he's a little thrill seeker when it comes to yeah. <laughs> getting freaked out. I think he just needs to get properly freaked out, and he won't want that shit yeah. anymore. Give him something real. Uh huh. <laughs> Fuck that, man. This is a cool little hobby we got here. Yeah, I like it, man. I mean. Uh, so how it's going is like it seems like what I want to do is get as many uh, as many people on as I can that I think yeah. are interesting and fun and cool to talk to. Um, but at the moment, it's proving to be kind of difficult to to get people to come on. You know, some people are afraid. Yeah, when you don't have people who are naturally. Uh, in the spotlight mm-hmm. or you know like i imagine it's way easier to get like somebody who is you know radio friendly or somebody who yeah. goes on podcasts regularly to get it get them on and do it than somebody who's never done it before uh-huh. and really with like a majority of my guests that i want to have on they've never done it before so everybody exactly. is universally a little bit scared yeah definitely you know people who don't have anything other than regular social media. Mm-hmm. I just want to say, like, to anyone out there that like thinks they might want to come onto the podcast, don't be afraid. It's it's not gonna backfire or anything. It's not gonna hurt you. Yeah, and if there was something, there's something that isn't okay that you didn't like, I will edit it out. Yeah, exactly. And just do a silly little thing where it's like, hey, fuckers. First off, nobody's listening to this. Second off, if you are listening to this, I hope you're enjoying it, but somebody might have said something that they didn't want the world to potentially yeah. know. They didn't want a group, any size group of people to know. So exactly. I'm going to take it out, and you, the listener, can either put up with it or not put up with it. I don't care. Go fuck yourself. Mm-hmm. If you don't like that I took something out because I didn't, because it wasn't appropriate or wasn't something that my guest wanted out there then fuck off I'll, I'm taking yeah. it out for them this is this is for me this is a hobby this is fun this is and for really, you Mike <laughs> 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 well no I, I'm, I'm assuming that anybody that there's gonna be there's gonna be people who I talk to about it that I really want to talk to because we have awesome conversations yeah. in real life that will be really hesitant to do it because mm-hmm. it, it's not natural for most people to put on a studio headset and talk into a studio mic in 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 this setting you know it's yeah. not it's not natural for a lot of people but also 
it's a unique experience. It's make believe. It is. This isn't real. This isn't a. This isn't a big. This isn't a podcast that even gets any downloads. Like, uh, I mean, I've probably had a total of on all f- yeah. nine episodes a total of fifteen streams. Yeah, and it's like as a guest, like I, I don't even think about it that way. It's just like it's just nice to you know be able to talk, have know? a focused conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and that's uh, that's weird about it because it does you it does just turn into just uh-huh. you're, we're talking, you yeah. know, and it's fun. Yeah, I feel like I'm way more zoned into what you say. Oh, definitely. Than I like, normally would. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> like especially for me too. Mm-hmm. It's like if if anyone's listening, if you're listening to this out there. You don't even know what our phone conversations are like. <laughs> oh yeah, right. <laughs> Between Trav and I. <laughs> I mean, a lot of times it is something like this. Yeah. But other times we'll talk on the phone for an hour and a half, and, and maybe just make noises. Forty-five <laughs> minutes of it is just going <laughs> zip, 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 <laughs> just making noises. I feel like if we told a therapist about that, they'd be like, "Yeah, that's you should probably try to cut, cut, cut down on that." Fuck you, don't. You don't <laughs> get me. <laughs> you don't understand my needs. You're just jealous. You're just jealous that I have a best friend that I can call on the phone. You have no friends. To distract People pay me. you to be friends. Ooh. <laughs> Rude. Mean, who needs a good therapist when you got good friends, you know? <laughs> exactly. I can tell my friends anything and we'll work through it. Granted, they might not, uh, they might not give me the best advice. Nope. Yeah, because my <laughs> friends are fellow 25 to 30-year-olds. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to get a little comfy here. Get, make mind. yourself at home, baby. Gonna, oh. Be careful. That mic stand is very, very delicate. See, I want to move this over here, but then I can't see your beautiful face. I need to be able to see your face. I oh, mean, we oh, could... Oh, it does uh, this. Yeah. I mean, just be careful with it. Shit. And and just yeah, it's really delicate. It doesn't uh, yeah. it doesn't always stay where you want it to stay. Next purchase, one of these. I'll get a second one of these. But this is a hundred bucks, and they're back ordered right now. Yeah, that uh, that uh, microphone arm. It seems to be. It's exceeding my expectations, and how awesome this uh, this single microphone arm is. I like that, man. It's it is. Uh, is it clips on or? Yeah, it's it's clamped onto the the table and does it have like a mount feature too? Like where you got I could drill a hole in a desk and have this permanently because pause my speaking for a minute, you won't be able to hear me. I can just pull this. Yeah. I'm not gonna. I can't see it. The laptop's in the way. There's a. Okay, it's like a. uh, Let's see how good I can describe it. It's a. It's like a cone almost. With a hole in the top, and the micro in the cone with the hole in the top gets clamped okay. onto the desk, and then you take the arm that has a little rod on the bottom of it and just put it in the hole, mm-hmm. and it, you know it has a full 360 range of motion, mm-hmm. can spin around and all that jazz. Yeah, here I'll just scooch over like this. Awesome. There we go. We yeah. can see each other now. This is way better. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it's it's versatile and uh, it's professional enough for me. I love it. It's like when you see podcast with videos a lot they all have mic arms like this yeah <laughs> and i mean i know it, what what, it's what cool. uh who's the maker road road mm-hmm. r-o-a-d r-o-d-e 
Um, Rode. Yeah, Rode makes these microphones that we're using too. Ribby Rode. If anybody would like to know the audio oh. details. Oh, we have a guest. We have a guest. Sophie. Sophie. How oh. you doing, hey, baby? Hey, girl. Sophie making another guest appearance. This Hi. is a, you, you usually only come on the solo episodes, but you, you heard some talking. Oh, you're a sweetheart. Oh, you remember is. what I told you that one day? What was it? You're not allowed to know. That's a secret between her and I. I don't like you two having secrets. I can have that. Hey, baby. How you doing? Oh, I missed you. You know that Josh and I are going to eat a real big dinner, and when we're done with our dinner, we're going to... We're going to take you for a feed walk. Feed you the scraps. Mm, we will feed you some scraps. And we're going to take you on a walk. Oh, come up here. Say hello. Oh. Mm-hmm. We're going <laughs> to we're gonna take you on a walk. Oh, she's on my lab right now. She. So today, <laughs> I, I didn't say bye to her before I left for work because she didn't. Uh, it was pretty early. And uh, so she didn't even see me all day. Yeah. I came home from work and I took a shower and I saw her laying in my parents bed it was probably like you know seven o'clock oh uh, hold on Ooh, no don't go to sleep hey hey i just got a timer my computer was going to go to sleep in 30 seconds oh really yeah oh um, so i saw her. she was eyes completely really closed girl. with a big fan in her face in my parents bedroom i i could have w- i almost oh, walked I down the stairs that. and it's just like I oh wait, no, no. I, that was the other. picture yesterday. Yeah, yeah, I, I, she was eyes closed. She was completely asleep. I almost just like quietly walked by and didn't do anything because like, I don't want to bug her. And then I stepped back. I was like, no, I gotta say hi. I went in there and just like she didn't hear me walking up, and I just like pet her and kissed her on the head, and she woke up and just like she, it was like a, waking a little kid up who hadn't seen me all day. <laughs> she was so happy to yeah, see me. That's awesome. Yeah. She, she is a very calm dog. She is my little spirit She's guide. rock. Really, she she is. She she uh She's the reason why I'm not uh in a relationship. No. <laughs> 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 no, that's no. She's just she's she's the reason why I uh why I wouldn't want to move away too far. Oh yeah. She's the reason why I uh I feel good every day, man. She's just a little. The butt scratch. She just beams love energy into yeah. my life. My parents are thinking her. about getting a new dog. Yeah. What kind? Probably a Labradoodle again. Those are great dogs. Yeah, they are. You know. You know what dog I really want? What? Well, there's a couple. I think a Rottweiler would be cool. Rottweilers are awesome. Yeah. In my experience, every Rottweiler I've met has been just a great yeah. dog. You got to train them early on. Uh-huh. And, uh, but they're very loyal. Yeah. I would like a Rottweiler, I think. That. I like Labs, man. Labs. That's a second pick. Yeah. Third pick. Probably, uh, oh, what the fuck? What's it called? Um. Get up to the mic. <laughs> <laughs> Too much. Oh. Um. I I can't remember what the hell they're called. Watch out, so oh, I don't want you unplugging cords. Husky. No, it's like uh, Bobby's ex-girlfriend had one. Tattoo girl. Is it a uh? Is it a big dog, small dog? It's like a, it's a boxer. 
you're not giving me any hints. I just said, is it a big dog or a small dog? They have like, really nah. pretty eyes. Is it a big <laughs> dog or a small dog? Medium. Okay. What color is the coat usually? They have all different sorts of coats. What color was They're the coat? They're very athletic one? dog. Okay. It's a... A German Shepherd? Nope. Border a collie. collie. Okay. Yeah, border that's collie. what it is. Okay. Interesting. I would like one of those. Border Collies are are very smart dogs. Come here, you goon. Oh, she's <laughs> she's she was licking the spot where I spilled. She likes the peanuts. She likes the peanut whiskey. Yeah. I was chilling with my cat today How out in the yard. Yeah. That was beautiful. Your cat is cool. Yeah. Your cat's a little badass. She is a little badass. That bitch can So survive. I guess I was at my grandparents the other day, and my dad's always worried about we have a bunch of foxes uh, near our house because we live next to the woods. Right. And um, the a couple months ago, um, there was, like, a fox family that, like, had a huge litter. Mm-hmm. And um, we've been watching these foxes grow up. I have an outdoor cat, and my dad always gets worried about like these foxes like coming to killer. Yeah, killer. Right. Apparently, foxes, um, they're not known to kill cats. Really? Yeah, they'll chase after them like a dog would. Yeah. But just like as a playful thing. Right. They well, foxes are very. Clo- they're fox. Foxes uh, are very easily domesticated. Yeah, they're very. They're cool. Kind of like gentle them. little guys. Yeah, I guess it's like as soon as they see like teeth and claws, like like eh, I don't want to fuck with yeah. that. Yeah, if they're gonna get hurt, they're not gonna go. Right after it, I uh, I saw on my way out of your place last night. Uh, fox sprinted across the road. Oh, did you? Yeah, I we got saw that like a couple nights ago too. Yeah, another yeah. one. It was in a different spot, and I was like, "Wow, little guy, just oof. that's awesome." I don't want to hit you. Yeah, you know, I would hate. I to hear hit a em fox in the summer sometimes, yeah. like cackling or doing their like call and stuff. I guess they'll uh, if you have a fox, you can take a wild fox, and uh, within one gen, like there, made it with another fox. Yeah. Uh, within one generation, you can have them almost like completely domesticated. They're oh. they're babies. If you raise them from baby, yeah. totally chill, almost like a dog. Within a like two or three generations, their ears will start to droop. Though their their physi their physiology changes. Yeah. That fast. Sophie has me thinking that she <laughs> might be the <laughs> product of some sort of. Uh, Coyote? coyote breed so what's proper is it coyote or coyote coyote is not proper that is um that is uh, where where did that dialect come from i want to say that came from like the southwest yeah um settlers out there they they would call them coyotes but uh native uh, like aztecs and native americans would call them like coyote or that's like Kyoto. Uh, the L was silent, I guess, but it, they had oh. several different names. But it was all it was, Kyoto, where it's more pronounced, Kyoto. Kyoto. Yeah, like that, huh. I believe. Yeah, so I want to read that book. That book is cool, yeah. man. It's uh, 
super interesting w- hearing the just the recounts yeah. of natural of uh, naturalists like exploring the America th- from like yeah. the 1700s until cool. even in the 1930s and 40s people were still discovering stuff about the uh, American wildlife biology and to think that that was people's jobs yeah right like y- it's 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 1890 and my job is to go out camping and writing journals about I what i see oh dude <laughs> i'm thinking like that is the coolest thing you know ever. they're going out with like groups of just like <laughs> I don't know, 20, nah, 30 they people. Would, like, nah. big parties? You don't they, think? They did that, but, m- m- like, those explorers, they yeah. just have a couple buddies. True. Like, they would just have a small yeah. settlement or small little movable camp. Yeah. And explore and document what That'd they see. Sweet. They'd have somebody who could draw art. I- like, in the book, uh, Coyote America by Dan Flores has... Occasionally, you get like a picture. It has like it has drawings, like sketch maps, or yeah, like sketches of like coyotes oh, okay. that people drew back then. Yeah, that, uh, showed America uh-huh. what these things were because there was a huge debate for a long time whether are these just jackals? What are these? What are yeah, Lewis? What, I- what Lewis and Clark called prairie dogs? What is? Oh, really? Prairie prairie wolves. Yeah. Okay. What um, what are jackals? Jackals, uh, I think, are a canine species similar to coyotes uh, over in Africa and parts of Asia, I believe, and oh, maybe okay. Europe. I don't know. They're not hyenas, are they? No, okay. hyenas are. F- what are dude? <laughs> those things are scary. Fuck. Hyenas, you ever see bro. that video of the guy? He's like in his seventies uh, in Africa. Yeah. And, uh, like, every day he goes out and, like, strings up all this, like, raw meat around his body. He goes out in, like, a loincloth or something like that. Strings up this meat and has hyenas eat it off of him. What? Yeah, he, he has, like, a, he's, like, trained a pack of, like, hyenas he to, gets, like, love them He gets them naked, stuff. covers himself yeah. in meat, and goes and <laughs> lets hyenas eat it? Uh-huh. What's to say a hyena's gonna stop at the steak you have on your arm? They love him. They love that dude. <laughs> he goes out every day and feeds them. They have the strongest bite of any animal, I believe. Hyenas. No. Yeah, I believe so. What about like a hippo? I don't know. Want to look it up? We yeah, don't have a... We need Jamie. <laughs> Jamie? Pull that up. Jamie. So I'm going to look real quick here. Go on the old browser. Uh, Animal What's like Sophie's me. favorite, like... She loves getting pet on the head and the ass and the inside of her lower legs. Okay. Uh, Top 10 most powerful antibites. Animal bites. Antibites. (laughs) She like getting scratches or does she Um, like kind of just like... uh, She she likes everything. She likes getting rubbed. She She likes likes getting (laughs) massaged. So just for some reference... Number number ten is a lion with a bite force of six hundred and fifty psi. So that can bite pretty hard. Number nine is a tiger with one thousand fifty psi. Number eight. Tigers oh shit! Sweet. Check it out. Number eight. Hippo. Spotted hyena. Oh. Eleven hundred psi. Damn. 
Seven is a grizzly bear. Gorilla is number six. God oh. damn. I guess that's what eating wood yeah, and vegetables right? does to you. I love monkeys. Jaguars, 2000 PSI. All right, hippos coming in at number four. Damn it. You want right, to guess I... the PSI? No. Eighteen twenty-five. Can I guess what number one is? You can guess if you get any of the top three. You can yeah guess. Go for it. Alligator, or is Uh, it a crocodile? (laughs) We'll check this out. Number three is the American alligator. Number two is a saltwater crocodile. Okay, let me guess number one. You kind of already did. I did. Yeah. Guess number one, bro. Go for it. What was it? Nile crocodile. Oh. <laughs> Them fuckers got 5,000 That's PSI. insane, man. Holy shit. Those things are evil. Like, you look at that picture. You see that? Uh-uh. I don't want nothing <laughs> yeah. to do with that. Get that away from me. Get That's that away from my dog. That is a straight-up lizard, murderous lizard. You should look up, uh, you ever seen what a gar pipe looks like? Or no. alligator gar. Alligator gar, probably. Maybe. You can we we should go fishing for those down south. Oh god. Alligator <laughs> gar. Oh man. <laughs> oh, oh, what is that thing? <laughs> yeah. That is that doesn't have a soul. No. I'm certain of it. Yeah, they're nasty looking. That is horrific. It's like a fish with the bill of an alligator almost and teeth oh dude that would oh, can you imagine trying to get the hook out of that thing you'd just no. be like get me a like, four right, foot Mike, long pull it up. yeah ah <laughs> oh, that's fucked up Holmes no thank you I don't need anything to do with that yep wild kingdom is a a little bit scary of a place, huh? Oh, yeah. I think that uh, getting attacked by a wild animal would be really, really scary. Yeah. Just feel uncontrollable. I, don't, I still need to watch that uh, uh, the grizzly man. Oh, about Timothy Treadwell? Yeah. I've seen that probably four or five times. I know you've seen it a lot. <laughs> I've, I I like showing that to people. Yeah, it's fucking. It's <laughs> so messed up. Come here, you bear. <laughs> <laughs> hey, he, a fox steals his hat. He's like, "Give me back my hat. <laughs> I Come seen back that here." It's like a wild fox <laughs> in the middle of Alaska, Holmes. You're not getting your your fucking hat back. Yeah, that was my favorite hat. <laughs> like that guy was straight up psychotic. He was living in he had he just he just went into bear country where there's hundreds of grizzly bear and just would hang out and when they would get close he'd be like, Hey, get back. Stay away from me. You're getting too close. <laughs> and they and, and it worked for him for yeah. a long time. Till one day a grizzly's just like, you know what? Fuck this. Fuck this guy. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, dude. Like, <laughs> once you get the message, hang up the phone. Yeah. You've seen him up close and personally. You probably had a few scares. Quit while you're ahead, yeah. dude. That's a goddamn killing machine. 
That thing is a 800-pound piece of meat with teeth and claws. <laughs> like, get away from yeah. it. Like, I understand that you think the soul of a grizzly bear is actually kind and, and loving Long. and it understands you, but it doesn't. It doesn't. It just sees you as a walking thing. Like yeah. it doesn't. Like it I doesn't, can probably eat this. Yeah, it doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't. You're lucky that it has plenty to eat around it. Yeah. Until it just. They ate him too. They ate him and his girlfriend. Oh, I didn't know his girlfriend was with him. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, his spoiler alert. Girlfriend. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, I, I I I thought you knew that part. Timothy no. Treadwell is no longer alive. Well, no, I know that. He's in the belly. Like, of, I didn't know he had a girlfriend with him. Yeah, that was the worst part about it. It's like it was like the first time he brought this chick up or something. <sighs> and the pilot that took him out um, hadn't heard from him in a couple days, I think, or something like that, yeah. and decided to like fly over just make sure he was all good. Flew over and saw a grizzly bear just feasting on some bones. That's messed up. Yeah, there's a recording of it. Yeah, isn't it like uh, Werner Herzog? He's just like, yeah. Oh, this is horrible. He said. He says. He <laughs> this goes, is the most disturbing thing I've heard in all my life. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what he says. I thought you said you haven't seen it. No, I just hear Bobby talk yeah. about it. <laughs> I, I agreed that I would never play it. We destroyed the tape. It did not. Nobody deserved to hear anything like that, not even his mother. Like, <sighs> just he he recalls hearing Timothy Treadwell like almost. I believe he says he was like very delusional up until like just like hey stop that just like and then it got like oh god just like crazy uh, who knows me, he said it was I when Werner Herzog says that something is disturbing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think we should listen to him and be like, all right, yeah, yeah, you're probably right. He has some incredible documentaries. I, I remember in my foreign film class, we watched one of his actual movies, like mm. a movie he made. I didn't know he directed film. Yeah, it was done in like the late 70s, early 80s. It's called The uh, the Enigma of Casper Hauser. Mm. It's all German. <laughs> oh my. And it, it was about this guy. And I guess... It's based on a real guy in, like, right. the late 1800s. Or, like, no, it had been mid-1800s. Yeah. It was a kid who was stolen as a child and raised in a cave <laughs> or something. Or, like, raised in this guy's basement. Wow. Until he was about 20 years old. And then one day his keeper, like, he never taught him English, never taught him anything, just fed him up till 20 years old. Wouldn't say anything to him. Nothing come in once and twi- or twice a day just to feed him. Right. One day, he just lets him go into town. <laughs> and just, all right, here you go. <laughs> go look at what's out there. Yeah. What? And he was like, and everyone was trying to, like, teach him, like, how to become human. And he, like, picked up on English, I guess, like, in the first three years. Yeah. He's still probably, I mean, humans have an incredible yeah. neuroplasticity. When you take care of a brain and don't This is a weird movie. I mean that's a weird concept. Like, yeah. What, so what then his keeper tries to, person, you know? to go and kill him at the end. Oh. Right. Okay. Well. I mean, I, Werner Herzog has a couple really cool ones. He has one called I think it's called Happy People. Okay. Where he um, he goes to the taiga. I think it's the taiga, and he just documents the people uh, living in a village up there. Yeah. Who, he, who are very happy. They're just happy people. They have their way of life. It's c- pretty much isolated from the modern world. I think yeah. they had snow machines and stuff like that, but 
they live their life. Wait, what do you mean snow machines? Uh, snowmobiles. Oh, okay. Um, they have like like snowmakers. Like no, they have, yeah, like, they Mount create. Holly. No, I don't think they need those <laughs> in the taiga. Um, they're just they're he. It's kind of like an analysis of uh, human nature and how these people who we view as having nothing and being desolate in this horrible location on the yeah. earth, you know, in America, like unbelievable, but they have extremely low rates of suicide. They're just, they're happy people. And it's a really, it just it, a basic ass documentary that's actually super interesting. Hmm. He has a couple, he has another one that I saw recently that i can't remember i just remember hearing the f- opening narration be like oh shit it's Werner herzog <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> yeah he was on uh he was on uh eric weinstein weinstein's wine weinstein's podcast yeah and he's super interesting guy yeah super smart really i mean is he was he like in the 60s or something probably yeah he's an older gentleman uh-huh He's a super interesting guy, though. Yeah, I like him. Yeah, I like to read more about him. And yeah, you should listen to stuff. the uh, episode of the Eric the Portal with oh, uh, yeah. with uh, Werner Herzog. Oh yeah, because that's uh, that's Eric's podcast, right? Yeah, hey, gotcha. Yeah, he has a couple of episodes that are really riveting. I like that guy. Yeah, I think he's a uh, he's a very intelligent uh, human being who has uh, he might not always be right, but he has his perspective is worth listening to. Yeah, Bobby and I were listening to a bit of uh, Eric and Joe's podcast uh, uh, when we were down in Detroit looking for houses. Oh, really? Yeah, I've never. I don't think I've ever like sat in a car. We're eating chicken shack. <laughs> and you ate Chicken Shack and listened to a podcast? Yeah, we were listening to music all day, like, blaring it. It was like, all yeah. right, we need to kind of, like... <laughs> you calm know. down. Yeah, calm down for yeah. a minute. Listen to two measured human beings yeah. talk. Yeah. Talk about China. Well, what he what he said in that podcast, uh, he said, he's like, Joe, you and I are the adults in the room. The people who are in charge aren't adults. They're not behaving like adults. And it's this funny moment where you realize, like, you realize, yes, you're correct. The, 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 so many of the people making policy decisions are so fueled with emotion. Yeah. And the momentum of their lives that they behave, their decision making process is the same as their decision making process was when they were 19 years old. Uh Their children. They behave like children. They get petulant when people try to disobey them. They they double down when they're when they're told they're wrong. They don't act like adults. They don't act like men and women who belong in leadership positions. Yeah. And it I think that goes back to like my opinion or my theory is that goes back to the trait of somebody who wants to be in a position of power is probably not the person that you want in a position of mm-hmm. power. The best leaders don't seem like they want to be leaders. Yeah. You know, but that's just my opinion. I'm the right man for the job. Oh, really? (laughs) Are you? (laughs) Have you really taken a deep look at yourself and realized how many people (laughs) that you have hurt in your life? Yeah. How do you feel about the people that you've hurt? i my way to get here. I've stabbed people in the back because that's how reality is. I'm a realist. American way. (laughs) I'm a goddamn American. And and do you feel any remorse towards the people you've hurt? No, they would have done the same thing to me. I wouldn't have. 
<laughs> I don't like hurting other people. Trap for president. I would never <laughs> in a million years ever want to consider ever. Twenty twenty four. Running for any running for any type of office. How old do you have to be? Is it like thirty two? Thirty five. Oh, thirty five. Yeah. Yeah. Mitch Young for president. I don't want him as president. <laughs> <laughs> he's the only. He's gonna be. I mean, you and him National are gonna be fishing holiday. <laughs> <laughs> we need that. We need. We need somebody uh, enthusiastic, idealistic, and um, empathetic. We need a woman. We need a mother. Oh yeah. America needs a mama right now. We need somebody to take all us, all the overly anxious stimulant abusing leaders in this country mama clinton hold them (laughs) (laughs) mother clinton (laughs) she is not motherly in the least bit her husband who cheated on her got caught and has i don't know how many sexual assault allegations against him she she defends him she defends that slime ball. It's about the legacy. That's not, that's not what a good mother does. No. A good mother doesn't Standing do that. Standing up for what's right. No, she was, she's fucking, she's a lawyer. No, that's what I'm saying, is a good mother stands up what, yeah. for what's right. We need somebody, we need a, a strong matriarch who has empathy. I, I've, I believe this for a while now, that I think that the right woman could really balance out the equation. Yeah. I don't disagree with that. I mean, there's nothing, there's a feeling that like a really caring, loving nurse can do to you. They may, dude, I've, I've interacted with some nurses that are just like, oh my God, I want you to feed me soup when I'm sick. Yeah. You feel like just That's your, awesome. just your, your presence alone will help me feel better. Yeah. It will heal me. That's cool. It is cool. <laughs> I had one nursing instructor, her name was, uh, her name was Jan, and I always joked, like, I want Jan to, to, like, make me soup and tuck me in on the couch when I'm sick. I always, I used to make that joke, like, like, Jan, everybody loves her, like, everybody loves her, she is so kind. She's, like, the really pretty one. Yeah, but, like older so she's you know in her yeah. in her mid 50s but she's just yes she just has the sweetest kindest be- most beautiful eyes with high cheekbones and she's just so That's genuinely awesome. loving and caring and nice i would always joke like i just want her to take care of me when i'm sick it's like, like Allie when she's 50 yes <laughs> and uh and then i got really really sick when she was my clinical instructor she was only ever my clinical instructor once, but when she was, I got as close to death as I've ever gotten with oh, a yeah. respiratory illness. For I, I couldn't <laughs> I couldn't stand up for more than like five minutes at a time. I remember me sitting on top of you, just fucking. That was to get that you was the <laughs> prelude. That was like a few days before it it hit its peak, and I was completely non-functional. I was standing in the room of a nurse taking the. Uh, admission information yeah. for uh, a patient and i was just you know watching and th- i just walked out of the room i remember like, I, just, I couldn't yeah. stand there i was thinking if i continue to stand here i am going to fall over 
because I can barely breathe. And it's not like my th- my nose is congested. It's not like I have, you know, it's not m- like congestion in uh-uh. the upper respiratory that's making me not be able to breathe. It's that there is so much fluid in the bottoms oh, of my man. lungs that I am not getting proper gas exchange. We did my we did my pulse ox that day, and it was eighty nine percent. That's somebody who has severe uh, COPD. Damn. I would walk, bro. I couldn't. I could. I didn't have enough oxygen in my body to make it so I could stand up for an extended period of How time. How much weight did feeling. you lose during that time? Um, in two weeks, I think I lost like fifteen to twenty pounds. Holy shit. I couldn't eat. I was eating like I would get halfway <laughs> through a sandwich and it's just like the effort the effort it took to breathe. Yeah. Made it so I could I just couldn't eat. I was so so violently ill and Jan she didn't see me all day that day. Uh-huh. I went I was supposed to go see a tonsillectomy and What's that? it's taken a kids tonsils out oh, okay i was supposed to just observe it walk with them down do the pre-op post-op everything i walked with them down and since nobody in the hospital i probably shouldn't say this um since nobody knew that i was like supposed to be with that patient because my clinical instructor told me yeah to, i knew that i could get away with going to the waiting room and just sitting in a chair for two and a half hours until the procedure was done so that's <laughs> what i did I, w- I found a corner of a waiting room in the hospital and i sat down and I, I I kept going in and out of falling asleep. Damn. I was so sick. I should I did. It's a, it was the responsible thing to do. I sh- did oh, yeah. not belong being in an operating room. Definitely, like, I was definitely contagious with something. And I came back. I when the kid got out of surgery, like I I I I checked in, made sure they were back, and followed them back up to the room or the the floor. And my clinical instructor Jan saw me and she goes, Travis, you don't you don't look so good. Do you feel okay? And I was like, I do not feel okay. And she's like, let's take your temperature. We took my temperature. It was like it was somewhere like around a hundred and one point five, yeah, hundred and two. And pull pulse ox was eighty eight percent. She's Trav, you can go you go home. You go home. You look terrible. Um, I'm like, I feel terrible, Jan. I really <laughs> feel so bad. Yeah. <laughs> and so I went home. As I'm driving uh, out of the parking lot, she texts me. She goes, Trav, I really think you should go to an urgent care. I'm thinking about it, and I was looking at you, and I think you it'd be best that you went to an urgent care. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I'm going to talk to my mom, who's an ICU nurse. Like, yeah. we'll see what I should do. Thank you, Jan. And she's like, okay, but she's like, okay, stay warm, drink lots of water. I love you. And I'm like, Jan, I love you too. Oh, you're, t- awesome. you're taking care of me when I'm sick right now. And uh, my mom, like, you know, she's like, I told my mom what Jan said. And she's like, I, yeah, Trav, go to an urgent care because I have seen people admitted in the hospital that look better than you do. Damn. I look, dude, I was so sick. I had a Gatorade bottle that I started spitting. I remember that. And I got like, (laughs) like a loogie (laughs) that probably weighed a pound (laughs) in a couple days. You know, I was scared the thing was going to unscrew the cap and crawl away. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) Like an octopus. Yeah. And anyway, the, the, just the funny thing to me, 
how how I got started on all this was like she Jan kept texting me throughout it all like just making sure I was okay and everything and it was funny that I always said I want Jan to t- like you know take care of me when I'm yeah. sick and she and she ended up taking care of me when I was sick. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, that's, that's who we need for president. We need some someone <laughs> like that. Yeah, we need to. We need somebody who's who can take care of the emotionally sick country. Yeah, because we're very exactly. emotion- we're emotionally sick right now. Hmm. Oh. Yeah. I think we're gonna be all right. I really do. Yeah, I think if we keep thinking that, then yes, we will be all right. Mm-hmm. Can't be negative. Is there anything that that you think we could do as a country to ease the suffering of some within our own walls? Um, be more accepting and try to love one another. Don't bury your fucking head in a phone all the time and actually talk to the person next to you. The problem is, though, we have you know graphic designers and technologists making the phones that uh specifically design them to make them as addictive as possible true well maybe we can try to make it less addictive how, how well, are we going to no, do that well no use that technology to our benefit yeah to get people to, I, I, I don't know i don't think we communicate enough as a society is in in a in a day where we are in like you know mass communication and stuff, one on one like this. Yeah, conversations. Exactly. We're not having conversations. Yeah. Conversations. People just yell at each other, yeah. fucking like bicker and, ugh. Yeah. It's not good. Definitely <laughs> not good. We it is. You know, people hide in their fucking houses and shit and like yeah. you know start shit on Facebook or. So what what's the solution what's one what's a part of the solution to getting people to talk more? I think the first step to it is in everyday like normal day life like when you're not around anyone yeah and you're doing something just put the phone away. I started doing that up at northern uh-huh like and I started seeing around me like I'd be waiting for class to start. <coughs> like waiting outside and I put my phone down and just kind of look around take out the earbuds and everyone's just down looking at their phone yeah how do you go up to someone and talk to them when they're just glued to their fucking phone it's weird i'm a waiter i yeah. i have to do that sometimes like just snap people out of their phones hey, and be hey. like i'm a <laughs> dude, you'll see tables of you know four people all of them looking at their phones for five minutes straight yeah i don't like that shit it's not but i'm i do it oh yeah i'm guilty of it too i bought a i I not bought but i put a uh, a thing on my phone that gives me a notification every now and then like when i'm you know it'll be like you've you get a little notification on the bottom that says uh, screen time oh, three yeah. hours and 27 minutes or something like that and you're like shit it's only one in the afternoon what what the <laughs> hell is wrong with me i get that at the end of the day yeah like it, it figures out when i'm about to go to bed yeah <laughs> mine mine pops up throughout the day so like i'll be in the yeah. morning and it'll be like 27 minutes i'm like fuck <laughs> yeah fuck my one of the things that i think is super bad is 
waking up and immediately like the first thing you do looking at your phone that's what i do i do it every day <laughs> i every do too every day with it's just like the easiest way to to like ease into yeah. the reality <laughs> my phone time usage is like most like heavy in the morning right when i wake up and yeah. right before i go to bed yeah same and you know what? Honestly, like when I come back home, like down here, and I'm staying with my parents, uh-huh. I use my phone a lot more. Yeah. It's I wonder if nice. it'll drop. Oh, oh I, I'm just saying, like, it, it's kind of nice because it's like when I come home, I make sure I have no work to do. Yeah. And I like just like sitting around. Like, my parents, as fucked up as is like. You know, they're not that active. And yeah, I should fucking like <laughs> get them to like try to do more shit. But yeah, I like sitting around with them in the evening doing absolutely nothing. Yeah. Just like with the TV on, just sitting around playing on the phone. <laughs> yeah. I think that's all good. But that's like for me, that's something like you do, you know, once every two weeks. <laughs> yeah. Like I, that can't be a nightly thing for me. Yeah. I like exactly. to be. I mean, I, I don't do that when I'm on my own. <laughs> Bro, I'm moving. I play Call of Duty. Yeah, <laughs> I do that. I mean, I'll play some video games to me, though. A lot of the times when I'm playing, I feel like I'm doing something wrong. Like, I'm like, I could be doing yeah. something better. I could be doing something that's going to make my life in 10 years better than it is uh-huh. today. You know, that's that's just how I think. I, I, I like to be productive. Yeah. That's why when school, when I'm not in school... <laughs> and uh it's like i have days off it's like whoa i yeah. i better work out today i better write something i better create something i better read something put something out there yeah i gotta do something yeah. that's gonna better myself you know mm-hmm. practice drums read something yeah do some jumping jacks and squats I can't be. I can't sit for more than an hour and like play video games without starting to think like, all right, all right, when are you gonna get? When are you gonna do stuff that makes you feel good? Because this is yeah. kind of fun, but it doesn't make you feel good when you're done. Uh huh. You know. Yeah. That's just how I think. It's. Oh, it's a good way to think. I think it's really upsetting. Honestly, it's like I can't enjoy watching <laughs> a goddamn movie. <laughs> I I feel bad when I'm playing video games during the day. Hmm. I feel especially bad because I have my video game set up in here in the basement and uh, you're looking at it like this is right now what it looks like is it's nighttime right now. Uh The sun's probably almost. Yeah, the sun's totally gone now. What Um, time is it? 1037. Oh, shit. Yeah. um, When I'm looking when when I'm down here at one in the afternoon, the lighting is exactly the same. (laughs) This is this is there's no windows in this. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> so this space is great for nighttime but if i'm playing video games in the daytime down here i feel like a load of shit unless i had a real productive morning uh-huh and, and i have it. like a little free space and i got yeah. some plans for the evening you know i like being productive <laughs> man yeah and to me, like, because, like, you know, I have artistic aspirations, being productive is a lot of times really fun. Like, it, it, it just drawing, you know? Oh, yeah. Or writing something silly. Playing some music. Or like Listen, yep, playing some music. 
just anything that's gonna like you know stimulate the creative part of my brain yeah because looking at your phone is consuming other people's creativity not making your own exactly you know yeah so i want to be someone that's putting content out not exactly that's why i like to make those snapchat like pictures yeah it's fun to do silly (laughs) stuff on snapchat occasionally if i spend 30 minutes doing retard like doing really dumb stuff on on snapchat Oh, I count that as a win. Oh, you know, oh okay. Fun. I was gonna say, yeah. There's been times I've, I know I've exceeded well over that. I need yeah. to make another movie. You do. <laughs> I, 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 I'll spend. I'll get zoned in and spend an hour writing a poem or a diss, like yeah. a, a rap diss of one of my friends, mm. and. <laughs> And I'll get I'll I'll look up and it's like oh no it's been an hour and twenty five minutes that I've been doing this like, but I'm not oh, mad because yeah. I made something silly and I made something that puts a smile on my face, you know. With those movies and stuff, like I, I I need to learn like to do it in chunks and like that even like with like just creating stuff in general. Yeah. I brush it sometimes way too much. Well, just I, like I gotta get it done. Like I gotta do it. Is no matter how long it takes, yeah. it's gonna get done. Well, that's because you get that artistic bug up your ass. Yeah, and you just harness it when you have it, and you. I think you might understand that it, it's not always there. Yeah. What needs to happen is you need to create a space to where it can reliably show up. Yeah. That's what uh, that's Stephen Pressfield's um, kind of like his philosophy. Oh yeah, I like that. Um, from he wrote the book the uh, the War of Art. Okay. And his philo- he, he I've said this on the podcast too. I think. Um, 10 episodes or nine episodes and i'm already repeating myself <laughs> um he says uh i wait for inspiration to hit before i start writing luckily i am at my desk at 9 a.m every morning waiting damn yeah so like essentially it goes something like that yeah. essentially he's saying like I un, like I'm an artist. I need the inspiration to write. Like what you're talking about, you just get hit with that inspiration to make one of those silly little movies, uh-huh. and you spend three hours doing it. And at <coughs> the end of it, you're drained, and you have your product that you're halfway, you're mostly satisfied with that has a little bit of chunks and flaws and stuff in it. Yeah, you need the yeah the, take it one step further. N- you need to take it one step further and create a space within each day to be there yeah. in case that inspiration hits you uh-huh. so like if every day like i like i like doing the podcast intros and stuff in the morning yeah like i wake up i That's get a cool. cup of coffee i might like chill out a little bit and then i'll come and like put my cup of coffee down and just start going away at it and just <laughs> and it's like a nice yeah. little tradition it so do you like good. you write it out first uh what like your intro so sometimes like what you're gonna say yeah no kind of improv it a little sure. bit know i want to i'll have like a baseline of what i think is a good thing to say how i want to go about it yeah but i'm realizing it can just be a platform for creativity you know (laughs) just do whatever i want and just spew you know yeah let something come out of you it's fun yeah i'm excited for this meal we're gonna eat bud i am too i'm looking forward to it it's gonna be good i was thinking I kind of want to watch some uh, Midnight Gospel. We can watch that while we're eating it. Yeah, Yeah. that'd be cool. Oh, I love that show. Yeah. That show is... That show is incredible. Yeah. 
I'm I'm glad it was a big hit, you know. I'm glad that other people are appreciating it. I think he really had to like s- fucking like sell the studio or not the studio, but like uh just like sell Netflix on it. Probably really fight for it. You know, I think having Pendleton Ward <coughs> probably helped immensely. Yeah. And it's so it makes me so happy that he is he is f- that Duncan Trussell is receiving the recognition the love and oh, recognition yeah. that he deserves because creatively I he is a genius. Yeah. He is so articulate in such a unique way. He is one of the most unique perspectives and voices in all of America. Uh-huh. And he's also a hilarious stand-up comic. Yeah. But uh, uh, his perspective and understanding of spirituality, not to sound like a cunt, is so refreshing and so real. Yeah. Like, listen, his... I've been listening to his podcast for, since, you know for probably at least five or six years yeah and consist fairly consistently and he has this ability to create to paint the most silly heinous picture yeah that makes sense like with like a spiritual Uh eastern philosophy or christian philosophy or you know he, he he strings together these sen- he he will I, I with podcasts I only listen to his uh, advertisements and uh, Bill Burr's advertisements you know because I've never Duncan, listened to his uh, oh my uh, god his uh, advertisements Duncan so. Trussell will talk about a mattress for f- uh, from like some like purple mattresses or something or yeah. Casper mattresses <clears throat> he'll talk about them for fifteen minutes and just say some of the most crazy <laughs> shit like he takes the read yeah it, i don't know what he does to the to like make the read what he makes it but he'll talk about just like you know just you can't have demons in your mattress i can't i could never do what he does justice like yeah it's, it's occasionally he hits these notes that are just hilarious <laughs> and he's finally getting the d- recognition he deserves yeah. or he has earned at least that's it, awesome he's an awesome dude i'm excited for season two i can't imagine how good it's gonna be yeah the, I, the bar is set so, so high. high yeah <laughs> <laughs> that last episode just tore me oh up. yeah I, <laughs> I i was i was a little baby. Yeah, I watched that whole season in one day. You whoa, you need to <laughs> you need to rewatch it, my man. Yeah. No, but, I've been rewatching episodes yeah. and stuff. I watched it all in like a couple days and then I got to the last episode and I rewatched the whole season and then watched the last yeah. episode. And I think that was a really cool way That's to do awesome. it. That's awesome. It's like I got everything all yeah. in my head and then uh then I went and finally watched that last episode and savored it and i <laughs> laid in my bed <laughs> watching it yeah crying like my best friend died yeah dude it was ugh. it was unbelievably gorgeous <laughs> yeah it was maybe the most beautiful artistic 
piece exactly animated motion picture that has ever been created it was yeah unbelievable yeah it was, I don't think it was like <sighs> you don't have to watch the the rest of the series for it to make complete yeah. sense yeah I like when the cops bust in and they're like, cops, cops, we are cops. <laughs> we are cops. That was before everything. They're yeah. like high fiving, yes, we're cops. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, you want to tell the people what we're eating for dinner tonight? Yeah. Trav's preparing this lovely canned chicken and canned potato dish with yes. a side of kudigi. Mm. Italian kudigi. Yeah. For those that you don't know about kudigi. Let me tell you about Kudigi. Please. It is a local delicacy up in the far reaches of northern Michigan, mm. the Upper Peninsula, mm. where you have an old Italian woman named Mama Russo take oh. a fat shit on some sausage. They put it in like a sausage too. Yeah, right? yeah. She oh. takes her shit and puts it in goat intestines mm. and wraps it up and unseasoned. Uh, makes a really good like yeah unseasoned. And uh, it's a really good substitute for breakfast sausage. It is the most delicious thing, and when you hear when you smell it cooking, the 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 aroma it gives off is it's truly unique. Mm-hmm. So we're having canned chicken and canned potatoes with kudigi. Everything's in a can. Every the the kudigi is even canned. We have canned uh-huh. kudigi. God, it's so it's good. So I fucked up. Because we take shit, yeah. and put it in a tube, and okay. then we put that tube in a can. Yes. Well, we don't do it. Mama Russo does it. Mama, Mama Russo. You know, I've been thinking about different ways to prepare it, you know, because, I mean, really, there's the best way to prepare canned chicken, potatoes, and kudigi is just to microwave it for, like, 15 minutes. But I was thinking the best way, we might think, like, if we put everything in a blender or a food processor. Yeah, dude. Put like crack an egg in there, blend it all up, smash it into patties, and we could like deep fry it. See what I used Make to do. Sandwiches. I, I like that idea. Okay. The old college trick was, on a hot day, you know, you get out early, in the morning, and just open up that can of kudigi, stick it right on your dashboard. Uh-huh. Right in your car and let it like bake throughout the entire day. So like eight hours in on the in dashboard. The yeah, and you just eat it while you're driving to work. Yeah. Do you? <laughs> now I like I like ground I like to grind it up, but like you like it in the link form. Yeah. Kudigi links. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I think I think we're gonna we'll just let's just microwave it. We'll just microwave we'll, it. Tonight. We'll microwave it. Yeah. I mean, microwaving is really the best way to cook. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, really, come here. <laughs> you got to. I mean, chicken, microwave. Uh-huh. Eggs. Eggs, microwave. I can't think of something that you can't put in the microwave and cook it. Hot dogs, microwave. <laughs> Hamburgers, microwave. They get yep. real juicy. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's like a, it's almost, hamburgers in the microwave. God, I make them into sliders like a. Like White Castle. Oh. Mm-hmm. I, I drill a couple holes you ever in them. boil them? My burgers? Uh-huh. I've Boiled tried that. Burgers? Boiled burgers are, they're, they're all right. Um, yeah. But Don't the, beat that microwave, though. It doesn't beat the microwave. Uh-huh. What you could do is take a bowl of water, smash your patty out, 
put it in the boil bowl of water in the microwave. Uh-huh. Cook that probably like only like like eight or nine seconds? minutes oh, okay, in the yeah. microwave on high. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Season the water with you know like just salt. That's all we need. <laughs> yeah. Just salt. Kosher salt. Yep. Well, kosher salt's the best. I mean, yeah. yeah in all, in all, <laughs> in totally real. Kosher salt's the best. <laughs> yeah. But I mean. <laughs> I've also cooked steaks and just cans Rock of Coke. Salt. So I'll <laughs> take a can of Coke and I'll pour it in a bowl and put the steak in there. And after like a day or two, mm. the steak's broken down enough to where it's it's, like a it resembles being cooked. Yeah. So oh. uh, two yeah. day two day steak cokes. You just put steak in a bowl or a baggie with some yeah. Coca Cola and it's good, man. And I then can you throw cook. it in a tube. Right. Yeah. Do a little tube, tube steak. steak. Yeah. Yeah. I like tube steak. Steak, what's your what's your favorite thing to microwave? My favorite thing to microwave? Yeah. Hmm. Probably uh, you know, um we make scrambled eggs in the microwave. Really? Yeah. For real though, you make scrambled eggs. In the no, microwave? but I'll tell you what, my dad's a fucking <laughs> psycho, and that man needs to be put on a home. Does he do that? No, but you know he he, you know what he likes? He buys. Y- you ever go to like a continental breakfast at a fucking like shitty motel? Thank you. With a big glass. That is a big glass. Be careful. Yeah, so, I've been to those continental breakfasts. Yeah, and they have like the microwave I'm like white. omelets. I know what it's like. You know the microwave omelets? No. Oh, bro. I've never microwaved an omelet at a continental breakfast. It's like an omelet that's frozen and you microwave it. Ooh. My dad likes those. He'll buy them. He'll buy them at the store. Yeah. Microwave an omelet for breakfast before going and plumbing. Yep. <laughs> you know, that sounds like something a plumber would do. No offense. That's psychotic. It's not, though. I mean, if, if there's a product in the store, obviously somebody approves of it. No, no. It's not even. He doesn't even do it before work. He doesn't usually like. He does it for dinner. No, I'll do it like on a fucking weekend. (laughs) (laughs) Just it's lunchtime. He's watching a football game. Let's microwave an omelet. I'm hungry. You know, honestly, there are really few things that are good in microwaves. Yeah. Like what? I mean, you can popcorn. Popcorn. I. That's one of the few. I have this old popcorn popper that is for a microwave. Oh. It's uh, it's it's unique. You can, I don't think you can get them in stores anymore. We got it from my grandma, and you could put whole kernels of popcorn yeah. in there, and you microwave it for like four minutes, and it white kernel popcorn with real butter and salt on it. It kicks the shit out of every other popcorn. Yeah, it's so good. It's like movie theater popcorn. It's so much better than movie yeah. theater popcorn. Oh, really? A hundred percent better than mm. movie theater popcorn. So that air fryer you have, can you make uh, popcorn in that? Or I'm no? sure. Yeah, that'd be cool. I wouldn't. There's like grates in the bottom of it. It'd be. It might be weird. That oh. air fryer is, is like a microwave and a toaster oven. Combined. Combined. Because it heat, dude. You can put some like cold fried chicken in it and like you know reheat it for like five minutes. Yeah. It tastes as good or better than it did That's fresh. That's awesome. So good. Pizza That's reheats legit. perfectly in it. Really. Yeah. It's like a. It's a convection oven. Essentially, yeah. that has fans in it uh-huh. that blow the heat from the bottom, the top, the sides, everywhere. So heat That's evenly awesome. coats everything and it just yeah. blasts it with heat. Yes. Yeah, it's really good. 
You're over there just like getting off. I am. The I'm, I'm getting hungry. <laughs> let me tell you. Let me tell you real slow what I'm gonna cook for you today. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna make a classic. Yeah. From 501 Bar and Grill mm-hmm. in Flint, Michigan. Oh, I didn't know it was a 501 thing. This is a 501 classic. This is probably one of the be- the best thing on the menu. It's called Cajun Roasted Chicken. Mm-hmm. We're going to take our chicken, flatten it out a little bit, put a Cajun, se- Cajun blackened seasoning on the chicken. Fry, no, not fry, but like pan sear the chicken. And then what? Well, that's actually one of the last steps. We're going we're gonna to cut up potatoes. Uh-huh. What kind of potatoes? A russet potato. Okay. And sweet potato. Mm-hmm. Cut them into chunks, like uh, little cubes. You're bigger cubes, boy. big about the size of a little bigger than a quarter each cube. Mm-hmm. And we're gonna cut those up, put a little olive oil, salt, pepper, a little garlic salt, maybe uh, some. Really, that's all you need on those. You don't mm-hmm. need. You want the flavor of the potato to come through. Yeah. Roast those in the oven for a while. Fry up some chorizo. Get that ready. Cook the chicken, cook some asparagus, take cherry tomatoes and cut them in half and put it, fry them next to the chorizo for just a few, just to get a, just to tenderize them a little bit, bring out the sweetness. Then we make our cream sauce. Cream sauce. Cream sauce. A Cajun cream sauce. sauce. So you build the plate, it goes potatoes, chorizo, chicken, potatoes, chorizo, tomatoes chicken okay asparagus uh-huh you take the cream sauce that you put the same the cajun seasoning uh from the chicken in it you just take heavy whipping cream put it on high sprinkle that that that's uh, seasoning in and mm. boil it pretty much until it reduces into a cr- yes. thick creamy sauce yeah and you pour it over everything and it is just unbelievable it is so good it that fills you up really for like good. five hours. Really? You will not be oh, hungry. I'll need that. You will not be hungry. Good. <laughs> good. And then we can, uh, we're going to watch a movie. We're going to watch uh, The Man of Staten Island or something like that. Oh, yeah. The King of uh, Staten Island. Mm-hmm. We're going to watch a movie. We're going to take Sophie on that. a walk. Maybe. Uh, and do some cuddling. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but, uh, if, if, if you feel like, uh, we've talked about everything we've, uh, needed to talk about t- for this podcast, we can be done. We've hit the two yeah. hours and nine minute mark I and I'm, I'm pretty hungry. Yeah. I'm, I'm ready to get this going. This has been, f- this was fun. It was again. a good one. It was a good one. Yeah. I learned a lot. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, until next time, I really, uh, I, I appreciate the hell out of you coming on here, man, because, oh, uh, it's it's something that like as I've done it, I've realized how much I like doing this. Yeah, and how much fun it is to like to uh, really talk to somebody for like this and um, having you come on and having the balls to do it and uh, just go with it, it. It's just it means so much to me. So thank you so much for uh, for doing this with me. This has been no, great. thank you, man. I just uh, I wish uh, we could share this with Mike. <laughs> oh come on, dude! <laughs> I'm calling you out, Mike. Hey, hey, hey man. If you're listening, yeah. Fuck 
you. Damn, dude. <laughs> Come on, we're taking a beautiful podcast and just uh, just throwing that there. I yeah. know. You yeah. need me to delete that? Because that was rude. It was rude. Yeah. And the other listeners. Yeah, I mean, there's they, they don't know what's going they on. They have no idea. <laughs> well, let me tell you. So we have this friend named Mike. He wants to come on the podcast, but he's a little chicken shit. Mike, I love you. I love if, you too, Mike. I'll tell you. I'll I'll tell I, I, anybody that does like have any interest in coming on. I want to be clear that uh, I'll I'll only go down avenues with conversation that you whoever's sitting in front of me is comfortable with yeah you know i you know if i'm talking to I, no matter what the primary this is how we started the podcast talking about the space that we're in this is a space built for comfort and security exactly. i want you to know whoever's sitting across from me that you're safe and that this is an okay place to talk and exactly. open up I'm and i would down ne- right yeah, now i would <laughs> never i would never intentionally try or intentionally let anybody become uncomfortable on this on mm-hmm. on this little production there's no way that's just not that's just not cool and if you it you know i mean a problem that we're gonna i'm gonna run into is i want to talk to people who have professional careers and this goes on the internet and if you have a professional career you need to be concerned about everything that yeah. you put out of yourself on the internet and i respect that as a as a future RN, I mean, I'm gonna be an, a registered nurse within by within the next couple months. I have to be very concerned about what I say and what I put out here, and and make sure that I can support my opinions and what I say, and that it's not gonna put me in trouble. I said retarded earlier, you know. I mean, Come get me, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Find that clip, you know. I, 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 uh, I'm just kidding, but you know, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. This is a safe place, and no, if you're listening to this and you're somebody that you think would potentially like to come on the show because you're friends with me or you know me, um, just know that I will do everything that I can to make this uh, as safe of an experience as possible, and as fun as an experience, you know. This is America, and this is what we need as yeah. a country to start opening up real long-form conversations. Exactly. exactly. So we can figure things out, you know? Yeah. Connect as humans. Hell yeah. So thank you again, Josh, for coming no, on thank the show. You. This, is, this has been fun. I always enjoy it. Hell yeah, dude. Uh, until next time, goodbye. Bye-bye.